Blog Talk Radio. Um, 
but I don't see of the teams that still need coaches. It looks like they're all still, you know, they're all still looking for coaches. So um, um, we will touch on that. And, you know, we're going to really get into the games. Um, not so much the weekend. We will touch on what happened, but let's look forward and let's make what, – what I want to do is something we've never done on the Madden Voice before um, is all each of us tonight are actually going to pick straight through, all the way through to our Super Bowl champion. Now, we've never done that before at this point. We usually go week by week and make picks. Um, but this year I decided let's do something different. Let's see, and let's see how accurate we are, okay? Um, but that said, let me bring on these guys, and uh, let's see. I've got uh, K-Star, welcome. I got uh, JB, welcome, and I think that's Dr. Train. Now let's take a stab and make sure that that's Dr. Train. Uh, fellas, if you're there, welcome to the Madden Voice. What up? What up? What is okay. going on? All right. Yeah, somebody's over. Somebody got their chest stuck out over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ain't no Bryce. With that man boob. Back it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's so bull. Well, congratulations, Mr. Shaw. Your team is in the playoffs. Um, I know you were nervous. I know you were worried. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. Sunday was crazy. Uh, the Bills and Steelers finished. I mean, I mean the Bills and the Jets finished. Just that game was was, yeah, that was a stressful uh, like last hour of basically when it was coming down to the nitty gritty and uh, finally getting clarity on if if the Steelers would make it or not. It was a great great wild ride. That obviously worked in our favor. So uh, I was very very elated on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was really. I mean, you know, the more I watch football, the more. I realized how little we really know about this game. I mean, if you think about Sunday, um, the Jets lose. Uh, really, the Steelers winning wasn't a big surprise, but the Jets losing, the Patriots losing, and thus losing home field throughout the playoffs. The Seattle Seahawks laying the smacketh down on the um, Arizona Cardinals totally destroyed, you know, what I thought the NFC was going to look like. And and then, you know, Aaron Rodgers, once again, looking pedestrian. Aaron Rodgers not looking like, you know, the Aaron Rodgers that we've seen um, over the years. Um, just not – okay, not – yeah, there goes my – there goes my – you know, that's what I hate about NFL.com. You, you pull it up, and then they, the videos just start up. What if I don't want the videos to play? You guys ever think about that at NFL.com? Like, I don't want the video to just start up. But, no, it just starts up. Anywho, um, what a weird day for football. It was just a very unpredictable day. And uh, congratulations to the Steelers. They're in. Um, and, um, and oh, and the, the, probably one of the biggest things, uh, third quarter off the bench, Peyton Manning coming in and saving the day for the Denver Broncos. And uh, give Gary Kubiak some, some you know, some credit there. I mean, you know, that's 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 a ballsy move, you know, after pretty much saying that you know, this guy's the quarterback and then realizing this guy ain't getting it done, whether it was his fault or not, he ain't getting it done and saying, Okay, Mr. Legend, <laughs> come on over here, Mr. Legend. Yeah, I'm gonna add to your portfolio. Go on out there and save the day for us. So um big, big day for football. 
But, you know, what I want to do really is while we cover some of these issues in retrospect, I want to look forward, make some predictions, and talk each game through as we make these predictions. We're going to go through wild card, divisional, conference, and Super Bowl for each of us. And obviously all of our picks, you know, may alter a bit. Um, but and, and let's talk it through. And who knows, as we talk it through, we may convince someone to make, you know, make a, a different um, uh, pick. But – you know, just to kind of touch on the coaching, uh, just, you know, in case people have, you know, not really been following Black Monday and the fallout, um, Giants coach uh, resigned. That's Tom Coughlin. He resigned. And, um, you know, he, he has said that um, he is he hasn't ruled out coaching again. So, you know, let's see if his name pops up in another job. Um, the Browns fired Mike Pettin, their coach. So he's gone. Um, and the 49ers filed Tom Sula, their coach. So he's gone. Um, and I heard rumors that Chip Kelly has reached out. He wants a pro job. Good luck with that, Chip. Um, Eagles. He'll get it. He'll get one. We'll see. You, 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 you're more confident about that than I am. We'll see. And by the way, just to touch on that, Mr. Shaw, last week, you know, you, you really pounded your chest for Chip Kelly. Um, and it came out, I said there's more to this story. So it turns out that he went, that, that he met with Jeffrey Lurie, and Lurie yeah. said, you know, I, I'll keep you on as head coach, but I'm taking the GM position away. And he didn't like that. And so Lurie had no choice but to fire him. So, mm. so well, that makes I more just, sense. <laughs> Well, makes yeah. more sense uh, because it makes sense to me why they would fire him if not for something like that to have to have had happened, you know, between well, the two. Well, but he had, you know, he had both jobs, and yeah. clearly, clearly, he was, you know, um, as Richard Sherman would say about Michael Crabtree, mediocre. <laughs> I love that interview. <laughs> mediocre um, as a head coach over, the, especially over the last two years, mediocre. Um, but as a GM, he failed miserably. And Laurie, as the owner, said, look, can't keep you as a GM. The moves he made were horrible. And um, he, in his arrogance, as I have said, didn't want to do that. He wanted to stay as GM. Well, guess what? Now you're unemployed. Um, Sounds so anyway, like that what happened to Mike Holmgren back in the day with the uh, Packers when he once had a uh, coach in GM spot and they you know, wanted him to they, – they didn't want him to be GM. I believe that's, that's right. They didn't want him to be GM anymore, and that's when he went to Seattle because he wanted – all the power, which usually doesn't even work out well anyway. I don't think it's a good strategy for coaches to have all the – to be, like, wearing both hats. That just seems, like, a little much. I just don't think it's a good, like, strategy for for any coach to to want to take it on. And it don't work for others. So, as an organization, you have to figure that out. And for Chip yeah. Kelly, it just wasn't a good idea. But last week, I think all three of us, excluding yourself, is that was that is what we were – getting to the fact that he had all that had the power he didn't use it to make the organization better the organization got worse and he didn't want to release it because of his own arrogance that right. was right and, and and the thing about it is here's a guy i mean with i mean he's got no nfl coaching experience and in his third year he's given the gm job I mean, I would question Jeffrey Lurie on that in the fir- you know in the first place, but I guess you know um, that's my whole thing. Yeah. That's my whole issue with it. Yeah, but, but clearly like he wanted the job. 
Yeah, but yeah. but 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 I don't know that he should have gotten it in the first place. You know, we're not talking about a Mike Holmgren or or some of the other coaches that have been that have got you know tenure in the league that have been around a Jeff Fisher or some of these guys. Um, this is a guy who came from college, you know, and and it's pretty. You know, I don't spend a lot of time on this because we we beat it up pretty good last week. But the other thing that we didn't touch on last week was the relationship with his players. I mean, we've heard from several players that that he kind of treated them like he was still in college. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, this is this is uh this is this is this is grown men making more than you, you make. You can't yep. right. So I mean, now now that to me, that's head coach. You know, and, and and we heard it from we heard it from Shady, we heard it from Jackson, we heard you know. So I mean, there were issues, man. There were issues, and I don't know how quickly he's going to land in a head coaching job. I, I, I mean, other than Tennessee, clearly because they've got Mariota, so there there would be some reason to to look at them. But beyond Tennessee, I I don't I don't know I don't see it. So, um, and so as I mentioned, Tennessee's looking for a head coach. Um, Dolphins are looking, but they are interviewing their interim head coach, uh, Dan Campbell. Um, and we don't know about Jim Caldwell over in Detroit. Um, you know, as of right now, he's there, but we don't know that, you know, we don't know. Um, we do know that the Lions, uh, put in a request to interview Will McClay, who is the Dallas Cowboys assistant director of player personnel. And um, McClay hey, turned down that interview, and he's going to stay in Dallas, thankfully. That's a sharp guy right there, so I'm real glad about that. So yep. we'll see what goes on in Detroit. Um, Sean Payton is apparently getting permission to um, you know, talk to other teams, and it's possible that there could be a trade if he found a deal that made sense to him. Um, it's possible that he could go somewhere else uh, as, as a trade because he is still in the contract. So it would have to be a, a trade. So um, we heard that Pagano is safe, which I agree with. Um, Mike McCoy in San Diego is safe. Fisher out in St. Louis is safe, although I, I don't get that one, but okay. Um, uh, Jaguars coach uh, Gus Bradley, uh, he's safe. Uh, of course, Jason Garrett is safe. I don't even know why he was on a hot seat to begin with. Um and uh, Rex Ryan, although he didn't make the playoffs um, his first year, but but he's safe. And I, I do later on in the show, um, maybe at the end of the show, I, I want to address um, some things that were said on on the highly rated first take today. Um, first by Skip Bayless, and then secondly by Stephen A. Smith. Um, and I have the clip uploaded, but I'm going to do that later on in the show, um, maybe at the end. And if the guys want to stay on and be a part of that discussion, they can. And if they don't really care and want to sign off, they can. But I definitely feel a need to address it. Um, and if if you didn't see it, um, it's, it's some it's some good stuff. But we'll we'll do that later. All right. So anyway, um, let's uh, let's make some picks here, and let's start with. Uh, Let's see. Now, I just what I did. I don't know who plays who, so I I don't have it in the order of the games being played. So you guys will have to forgive me. But I I printed out brackets and I I'm going to keep track of this from each week because I'm pretty excited to see how good we are. So I'm going to start with the NFC, and I've got the Redskins 
the Redskins at the Packers. The Redskins um, were very impressive against the Cowboys. Um, went out to a 24 to nothing lead before pulling their starters. And I uh, coasted Cruz to the end. And I won't even talk about the Cowboys' performance. There's nothing to talk about. They lost. Um, and the Packers lost to the Vikings in, in a game that was at home for the division. And they lost. So let's start with JB. And, um, you know, this, now, you know, as we do these picks, feel free to, embell- you know, this isn't like our normal picks where make the pick and move on. You can take a minute and if you want. You can take a minute and explain why you're picking who you're picking. So right. Washington well, at Green Bay. Washington, well, Green Bay at Washington, you mean? I'm sorry, Green Bay at Washington. You're correct. Uh, I'm going with Washington on this one, and this was a tough one uh, because it's hard to go against Aaron Rodgers, but it seems like he just simply put does not look like himself. I've heard a lot of people say, well, he doesn't have Jordy Nelson well. They start off pretty hot without Jordy Nelson, so I don't think that's the issue. Not at, at, at 16 games in, so there's something else going on. I don't know if it's offensive line. He's just not picking up blitzes. He's not reading coverages. I don't know what it is, but he's just not himself. And the more I see from the Redskins, dare I say, the more impressed I am. They, they have uh, Matt Jones at the running back position. They've had Alfred Morris at the running back position. They've, they've seemed to have a host of folks at the running back position. But Kirk Cousins, when he plays well, he's on. I mean, he is he's a legitimate quarterback when he's on. And I'm going to take Washington in this one. I, I think they're going to be able to mix things up, confuse Aaron some more, and do enough on offense to get the job done. So I'm going to go with the Redskins. Okay. Dr. Train. Um, I'm going to go with the Redskins on this one. Um, I feel like that team really believes in itself. I think that defense really believes it, 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 can, it, it, it believes in itself. Green Bay just does not look good. You would, you, you might want to, I mean, you could make the assumption that Green Bay would, you know, kind of take the loss on purpose to avoid Seattle early on, but regardless of that, they do not look like a team that's ready, and the Redskins do. So, and I saw I saw a bit of both those games, and I'm just like, yeah, the Redskins are a hot team, and 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 they got hot at the right point of the season. Okay. Uh, K-Star. So... <clears throat> Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Green Bay Packers, who I do not like um, as a team overall uh, in the playoff tournament. But most of their struggles have come against pretty good defenses. Washington does not fall in that category. I know Washington's been a nice little hot streak, but kind of keep in mind who this hot streak's come against. And, you know, the one thing – so the Packers, you know, they, they, they stumbled into their record. Uh, and we know that it has to be because of that offense. We can all agree that offense has not played well really all year. Well, it's because the defense has played well. Uh, it kind of has picked up the slack. And um, Sam Shields, pretty good cornerback. I know he's going to return this week. And uh, I, I think that they will be able to muster up a pass rush against uh, Washington. And I think that Washington's defense up a defense that will give up yards and it will give the Packers offense and confidence because – while they can't really move the ball well against good defenses, again, Washington doesn't have that. So I think that they can uh, get together for this one game. 
and Twilight Green Bay. Okay. Man, I'm torn on this game because everything you guys say, I agree with. Um, Washington is hot. Um, I would have never thought, and I have a, a friend of mine out here in Connecticut. Um, I don't know if he's listening, BJ, if you're out there, what up? A uh, huge Redskin fan. Um, and I posted on his wall after watching the Packers, I said, you guys might very well beat them Packers. Um, Packers just don't look like the Packers we've known over the recent years. I, I, I know they don't have Jordy Nelson, but as JB said, you know, they started out 5-0, and 6-0, and whatever it was, uh, without Jordy. And But for some reason, their wide receivers aren't getting separation. They're not getting open. They're not making plays. Aaron Rodgers looks mortal. Um, he's not making plays. I see him getting sacked. I mean, this dude was one of the more elusive quarterbacks in the league. And, um, I mean, he played Dallas a year ago on one leg and was avoiding getting sacked. And this year I see this guy getting sacked left and right. Um, I, I just – I have been on the – I picked the Packers so much this year thinking I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and it never happened. So reluctantly, I'm going to I'm gonna pick the Redskins. I just think um, – I, I think get, they've gotten hot at the right time. Um, they're, they're naive enough to go in there and win. They're home. Hey, um, you know, Gruden, this is, this is new for him. But he's he you know, I'm pretty sure his brother's talking it up, giving him some tips. Um, I would hope. And um I just I can't see the Packers just turning it on. You know, the time to turn it on. And and, and you know, you you make you make a, a point there, K Star. Could they have could they have tanked to avoid Seattle? It's possible. Uh, that was, I doubt it. That that was me. Oh, you said that, Train? That was me, yeah. All right, all right, you make a valid point, Train. Um, but, but, what's that? Uh, I didn't even hear Trent say that. They, 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 they might have tanked. Uh, yeah. to avoid playing Seattle in the first round. Could they have oh, not put in full effort? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I truly, honestly, can't, a, you know, I don't know. It was a pretty, pretty, pretty hard game. Uh, pretty tough game played on both sides, but. Yeah. I, yeah I, but, you know, they, they're professionals. They can, they can do this without us knowing. <laughs> Trust me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They are actors, bro. Yeah. Well, I got to go with the Redskins because they're just playing better football. I mean, as simple as that. They're playing better football. Yeah. And I, I don't feel great. I don't feel great about picking Green Bay. So I, I don't feel great about picking Washington because Green, the, you know, the, the teams that we knew for most of the year, this ain't a game. This mm-hmm. ain't a game. But over the last month, this has become a game. We've seen one team go one direction, the other team go the other direction. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I got to, you know, and one thing we all have seen, including, I mean, K-Star, you'd want to seen this as much as anybody with your own Steelers. You get hot at the right time, get into the playoffs, and anything's possible. I believe your team yep. is one of maybe two teams to go in as a sixth seed and win a Super Bowl. Yep. We're you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, um you know, I, 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 I hate the Skins. I can't stand the Skins. I got no love for the Washington Redskins. But I think they're going to pull this game out. I will not be sad yeah. if I'm wrong, no. And you think about this, too. The reason why I think all four of us are, are having a difficult time with this is because of the fact that it's the Packers and the Redskins. If we were to just yeah. strip off 
the colors and just make everybody just wear gray, and that's it. And you look at how Green Bay has played. You look at how Washington played. You would think it's vice versa. You would think Green Bay is Washington and Washington is Green Bay, and everybody would pick Green Bay. But we're having that issue because we're not used to seeing the Redskins play at this level. We haven't seen this in a while since, what, 2012 when RG3's rookie year. So we're not accustomed to seeing that. We're accustomed to seeing Green Bay play like this week in and week out. So I think, and maybe I'm just blue scan, but I think that's part of the struggles that we all have in making this pick right now. Well, the Redskins have finished on the bottom of the NFC East six out of the last seven years. So you're absolutely right, right Jay. You know, they, they we are not used to seeing this level of play minus that one year, RG3, his rookie year. So you're absolutely right. And we're used to seeing this from Green Bay, and it is it is messing with my equilibrium <laughs> to sit here and, and see Green Bay look so average and to see Washington look like they actually could make some noise in the playoffs. So that right. They look legitimate. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, so, all right. I think most people – I think most people, real quick, I think most people right now uh, will, will take uh, the, the Redskins to beat the Packers because <laughs> last few weeks the, the Packers have been on national television. They've just been getting molly whopped. We saw that Pat, or the uh, Cardinals game, and then last week they, they still looked bad and lost in close game. Surprisingly, they're like one point favorite. But, mm. Mm. You, you lose at home. You lose at home to divisional rival for the, the chance to be NFC North champs. Now, we all know going up to Lambeau, that's pretty much like going to Seattle's 12th man. That's a tough place to win, especially in December. But they didn't win. They didn't win. That's the problem that we're all realizing now. A game that they're supposed to win, they didn't win. And that's really messing with with all of us right now. And that's why Vegas has the Redskins as the one to to win this game. Even though it's a one-point favorite, they still have them as a favorite. Well, NFL.com, Packers 55%, 45% for the skins. So, there you have it. Um, Surprising. All right. Minnesota is uh, hosting the Seahawks. Uh, Minnesota had an impressive win in Green Bay over Green Bay. Um, Seattle had a dominant win. Um in Arizona over Arizona. Um I mean literally it was like thirty to three or thirty to six at half. Like dominant. Um and and let's be clear, Arizona had something to play for as at that time Carolina had not won, hadn't clinched the division. Or I'm sorry, clinched the first round by. So Arizona definitely had something to play for and they got mollywhopped. Um so let me go with Doctor Train first on this one. You got Minnesota, impressive win in Green Bay. Got the monkey off their back over the Packers, won the division. Now they get to host a game. And you got Seattle, who um, just a week ago didn't look all that good against their division nemesis, the Rams, but certainly re- re- resurged and uh, put on a dominant performance against a team that we all said one of the better teams in the NFL. Um, who you got? Um, you know, I feel like both of these teams have pretty good finishes to the season. Um, but I just feel like one team is just – it still has its edge because they're, they're better regardless of home field. And I like I, I like Seattle in this matchup. I just think they're – I think they're stronger defensively. 
they'll definitely be stronger offensively with the return of Marshawn Lynch. And uh, Russell Wilson is, you know, what clicked in that dude's head for him to uh, to be a better pocket passer than he than he has been in previous years is just it's 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 amazing to watch because I'm still looking at him like he's throwing a Tyler Lockett and Baldwin like these are top notch receivers it, it it looks amazing so with that and the fact that I I, I don't I, I can't see Teddy Bridgewater leading a a, a solid charge against the uh, defense. Um, yes, he got he has Adrian Peterson, but I, I don't think he's there yet. So I, I like Seattle in this matchup. Okay. Um, let's see, K Star, who do you got and why? K Star. Sorry about that. Um, um, <laughs> uh, no, so I've actually made myself a purpose. I was trying to get my dog to chill out. I guess he, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he didn't like Train's take or what. But, <laughs> uh, but chill out, bro. Just, just all right. Let him, let him finish the point. All right, let me get to mine. Um, yeah, I like I like Seattle. Uh, I mean, we saw Seattle just molly, like we're just all about the Molly Wops tonight. But that's you know what we saw last time the, these two teams played. And Teddy Bridgewater, uh, he has potential. He's just not at Russell Wilson's level at all. Uh, he, His biggest problem to me, just watching him, is that he's really easy to move off the spot in the pocket. Like, he's not really a type that is willing to take hits yet, I feel like. And I feel like he abandons, and, you know, the pocket too much, and it kind of hurts them. And uh, you can't do that against Seattle. They will they, – you have to take what they give to you, and that's just a short underneath routes – all game, and they're going to bring the heat because um, that defensive line just generates pressure. So I like I like Seattle. Uh, definitely like Seattle. Okay. JB, you're up. Yeah, I'm going to add to it. I'm going to go with Seattle also. And, and, and Dr. Train is right. Marshawn Lynch coming back, at least the potential of it goes well for them. But I'm going to go back to what happened a few weeks ago. And I hate to say it because I don't I don't like injuries, but I think with Jimmy Graham being hurt, that was the best thing that could possibly happen to that offense because you don't have to worry about force feeding him in any way, shape, or form. And the other receivers, the Lockets, the Baldwins, they've stepped up, and it, Russell Wilson is, is finding these folks. They're open. That defense is starting to wake up and look like the defense of old. So, Marshawn Lynch back or not, I'm going with Seattle. I think they're just too strong up front. I think the, the battle of the trenches, they'll take care of business there as well. They still got the secondary, so if, if Stefan Diggs or if um, Kyle Rudolph or, or um, if Williams goes deep, they'll have an answer for that, and I think they'll have an answer for, for all day also. So I'm going with Seattle. Okay. Um, well, it's unanimous. Um, you know, there was a time that I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers were the most feared team uh, in the playoffs. Um, I don't believe that any longer. Um, I believe that distinction goes to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you don't want to see them in the playoffs. They, they This is their third uh, year. I even agree. I even agree with that. Okay. Um, yeah, this is their third year in a row uh, making a Super Bowl run. Um, they've kept a lot 
a lot of the key components together. Cam Chancellor is there. Earl Thomas is there. Of course, Russell Wilson and, and Beast Mode is there and um, Wagner. And, you know, so, you know, a lot of the key, they've lost a few, but the key components are there. They started off slow this year, um, but it clearly over the last seven or eight weeks have really turned it up. And it's, I think K-Star, I don't even know. I think it was K-Star who said, or maybe it was Train. One of you guys said, um, seeing Russell Wilson actually stay in the pocket and actually. That was me. That was Train, okay. Um, is is a, is a joy to behold. Um, you know, he is, he is, we've watched him mature into a complete quarterback. And, um, you know, he's no longer, uh, I think the last two years I called him a game manager because that's really what he what he did as far as I'm concerned. The defense was dominant. He made enough plays to keep himself relevant. But now, I mean, you know, his stats and the numbers he's done over the last seven or eight weeks is it's insane. Like, you know, 20 touchdowns or two interceptions or some some. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, but it's insane what he's done in the last half of the season. Um, and I just think I don't think Minnesota's there yet. Um, they're clearly up and coming and a lot of love for Mike Zimmer, former Cowboy defensive coordinator. Happy for him. Happy for AP guy coming off a hell of a year. Comes back, wins another rushing title to let everybody know I'm still the man. Um, I will, I will say this, a healthy bell. Maybe not, (laughs) maybe not. If bell had been healthy all year, maybe not, but we'll never know because bell got hurt, but you know, way way to come back at 30 years old, going to be 31 and, just do your job, you know, and help this team get into the playoffs. But I, I think they're a year away from really being that team that we have to be afraid of. I, I, I don't think Seattle – I think Seattle steamrolls them, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Maybe not quite as bad as, as Arizona, but in that kind of discussion. So I'm going with, I'm going with the Seahawks on this one. Um, all right, let's flip over to the AFC wildcard games, and then we're going to come back and do the divisional games. And then uh, on and on. So let's start with um, Houston. The Texans um, is hosting the Chiefs. I gave up on Houston a little too early this year. I did say at the beginning of the season that I really enjoyed hard knocks. I really got a lot of respect for Bill O'Brien. Of course, J.J. Watt, you know, there's nothing you – if you watch football, you don't got to say nothing. Just watch the guy play. He's a phenom. Um, But they started off very slow. And um, they they kind of got into a little rhythm, and they were able to win a weak division, but they won the division nonetheless. Um, and they won the division. They didn't back in. They won the division. Um, and But on the other side, they are hosting a team that has won 10 in a row, first team to go from 1-5 to 11-5 and five and get into the playoffs. Um, it is it is simply remarkable what the Chiefs have done. So you really have two very feel-good stories playing, and it's a shame that one of these teams have to lose. Um, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first on this one. And as much as I'm impressed with what the Texans were able to do, um, I don't think they're going to have enough to beat the Chiefs. I think uh, the, 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 the Chiefs' consistency um, – and what and the confidence that they have, and although I don't believe in Andy Reid, 
Um, he does have enough moxie to get him into the playoffs and to get them relevant in the playoffs. I just don't think they're, they're you know, as we'll see coming down, coming shortly, that this is going to be about it for them. Um, but I believe this is their one win. Uh, keeps Andy Reid employed. It keeps Alex Smith as a, as the <laughs> as a starting uh, um, uh, quarterback. And um, all this without Jamal Charles, which is very impressive. But um, I got to go with Kansas City on the road. But I just I don't think Houston's going to have enough to um, to deal with the Chiefs. So I'm going with Kansas City. And uh, let's go to JB next. Yeah, I'm probably going to be in the minority with this pick, but I'm actually going to go with an upset and go with Houston. Um, Kansas City is definitely streaking, no question about it. The concern I have with Kansas City is, could they have streaked themselves out? Um, Texans are playing well, and I think the Texans are probably having that why not me, why not now attitude. Not to mention the last couple of weeks, it's been a playoff mode for them already. Kansas City has been streaking right along. Uh, My gut just tells me they're going to run out of steam, and Houston's going to take this one. Okay. JB's got Houston. Hey, Star. Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. Um, hmm. All right. Um, so I think that, okay, I'm going to go with the Texans. I don't feel great about it, but it just hit me. Who do you guys think the best two players in this game are? Best two individuals. J.J. Watts definitely won. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely one of them. Um, Hopkins, yeah. DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. That that's it yeah. for me. That that's that's the deciding factor. I just think that you know, Juju Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, they're both guys in which uh, just <laughs> really tough to deal with. It's really tough to game plan for, and um, they have a slight edge at home. And yeah, I just think that uh, there's going to be too much to handle on both sides of the ball. It's going to be a low scoring game, I feel like, but. DeAndre, he gets force-fed, and he gets force-fed because he just gets open. Um, the Chiefs have played a really good pass defense, but, you know, it's not like they play DeAndre Hawkins all every week. And, uh, yeah, and, and again, on the opposite side of that, you know, Alex Smith, definitely a very conservative thrower um, mostly, but when you have J.J. Watt breathing down your neck, we'll see if he's even, you know, remotely productive because uh, when you're conservative and you're playing against a guy who's breathing down your neck all, day, all game, I just don't really see efficiency being there for them. Uh, so I like I like the Texans. Okay. Um, and just to back up for one second, NFL.com has the Seahawks at 74%, so we're on point there. Chiefs at 83%. Okay. Um, and that brings us to Dr. Train and his pick, the uh, Chiefs at the Texans, 435 game on Saturday. Oh. I am going to go with Kansas City. I think overall Kansas City is the uh is a better team and, and you're right, K Star, I mean those weapons are um the two pretty big weapons on each side of the ball. But I think collectively as a team, I think they can get past those two without outside of those two weapons. Um you do have a team that's that, that that picked up momentum towards the end of the season, and they fought to get a division, but they did come from a weak division. Um, I I I I don't 
I don't see the steam running out of uh, Kansas City. As a matter of fact, I think it's about to turn into a song. Those those guys are about to play and they're and they're ready to play and and they they're just going to keep it rolling into the playoffs. And this particular matchup, I just think they are they are a, in a totality of better team than Houston. I think it'll show on on Saturday or. Okay. Train's got the Chiefs. So we're 2-2 two two on that one. All right. Um, last game of the wild card round. Saturday night, 8.30 or 8.15 game. Um, and, of course, we'll start with K-Steelers. Round three, they split the first two at the Bengals. And it looks at this point like, for whatever good or bad, um, Andy Dalton will not play. It looks like it's McCarron's team to win or lose. Um, so K Star, uh, kind of a rhetorical, but who you got <laughs> and why? Um, obviously, I have the Steelers. Um, although, you know, I think the biggest thing the Steelers can leverage in this game is the fact that uh, AJ McCarron is, is an experience. And the Steelers finished the season. Uh, third, third most in NFL sacks. So we don't have, you know, the, the Steelers are a type of defense where they make you beat them. They play pretty, pretty uh, coverage-oriented defenses. They don't really send a lot of people, and they they basically beat you with a good pass rush and, and uh, you know, have their opponent make mistakes. And I think that plays well into their hands playing against McCarron, who is a little, um, you know, he, he's a little trigger happy and he's definitely a talented guy, but. Uh, I think that with that pass rush the Steelers have and, um, you know, just the fact that this is a, a moment where I think might be too big for this kid. Um, on the other side of the ball, the, my my concern is, um, with all that said, my concern is still A.J. Green because that dude's a beast. <laughs> you know, it, even though we have a good, very good pass rush, that man seems to always have a good game against us at Cincinnati. So he's definitely a guy we need to focus and hone in on. Um, but on the other side of the ball, you know, the Steelers will to, to move the ball on the Bengals through the passing game, but I, I am a little worried with with D'Angelo's status. I'm not sure what it really is. They say it's day to day. That was a very big injury. It's kind of deja, uh, deja vu all over again from last season when we went into the final week, had a player get hurt, a running back, and now we may have a third string player at that spot playing for us. Um, still, though, again, I think the Steelers' defense actually wins this game for them, and, and Ben. You know, puts puts enough points on the board and outlast uh, the Bengals at Cincinnati. Okay, Doctor Train, you're up. Antonio Brown, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what, man? I'm really upset at this game, and I'm sure, I'm sure even you, K Star, can appreciate the fact that you know really want to see a game where team both the teams are fully loaded. I would have least oh, yeah. liked to see. Dawson, their quarterback. I mean, I know you guys are without Le'Veon Bell, but Daniel Williams have, you know, he he had, it is the best impression he could, but he's been pretty solid. But yeah. um, I can't I can't go against Steelers when AJ McCarron is the other is the other quarterback. I mean, I, I know I definitely know it comes down to you know team team ball, but. Um, I definitely think the Steelers' experience will, will will play a factor here, and just yeah, 
I think at, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it'll, it'll, it'll be Big Ben making a play. So I, I, I'm going to go with the Steelers on this one. Okay. JB, you're up. Yep, you can add my name to that list, too. I'm going with the Steelers in the rubber match. Uh, I think that Cincinnati's defense overall is probably a little bit better than Pittsburgh's, but the offense that Pittsburgh has with with Big Ben at the helm, I think it's, it's more than what the Cincinnati offense can handle. Hopefully Williams is going to be healthy. I mean, sprained ankle or sprained foot, those are never easy, especially with a guy that's easy and, and light and nibble on his feet. But I will say this, the Steelers have found ways to go deep into their roster and pull up guys that are able to contribute. Landry Jones, for one, at quarterback, contributes. Finding Daniel Williams was a, was a huge find when uh, Le'Veon Bell was out. So they, next year and up, I know it's cliche, but it seems like that's the way that Pittsburgh just rolls. Uh, I'm going to go with the Steelers in this one, and I agree with, with Trent. I wish both teams were at full strength, but they're not. Uh, it's still going to be a good game, though. I still see the Steelers taking this one. Listen, man, y'all drinking too much K-Star Kool-Aid. I don't know if all teams are at full strength. Ain't nobody at full strength this time of the year. Everybody hurt. You know what I mean? I wish my team was at full strength all year. Might be a different conversation right now, but, hey, it is what it is. Um, I'm on the mindset of even though while Dalton was, Dalton was playing out of his mind um, before he got hurt, um, you know, Playoffs in Cincinnati has has always equaled one thing, and that's losing. And Marvin Lewis is still the head coach, but now they have a a, a, a guy who's very successful in college, not afraid of the spotlight, and he's not a part of that losing tradition in the playoffs. So he's not going there with that, you know, shadow over his back of well, every time we get in the playoffs, we lose. You know, every time under Marvin Lewis we lose. You know, he he he's going to win. And you know, is he as good as Dalton right now? No, absolutely not. Dalton played on another level this year, and hats off to him for that. But the last two weeks, have we seen the best out of the Pittsburgh Steelers? No, we haven't. Last two weeks, the Steelers have not looked like the most dangerous team in the NFL or even the AFC. Um, and then with the uncertain status of D'Angelo Williams, who has played very well this year, but now if he's going to play, we know he's not going to be 100%. We know that. Um, ben and that receiving core, absolutely. No no question about it. One of the best receiving cores, one of the best groups in the league, and that's why it's going to be a very good game. Um, but I think in Cincinnati, Marvin Lewis is going to get the monkey off his back because he knows – at this point, I don't see him coming back next year if they lose this game because he will have been head coach for, I think, 13 years and no playoff wins. It will be time for a change. He will be gone. Um, and, you know, McCarron, I think, will do just enough. And I think – let me just put it this way. I think his naivety is going to be a benefit. And that's why I'm going with the Bengals to um, – and, and it, you know, had I seen something different from the Steelers in the last two weeks, had I seen the team I saw the previous three or four weeks, I'd be picking the Steelers all day. Last two weeks, they haven't looked like that team. They, they haven't. I know they were both division games, but still. On the road, too. Like, yeah, but they haven't looked like that team. 
that we saw a few weeks ago when I was sitting here arguing with Bryce that I'm giving your team all this credit. Um, you know, they haven't quite looked the same. So, um, but we'll see. I, 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 this is not a situation where I can knock anyone picking the Steelers because they are dangerous. And if they come in on all, all cylinders, then who knows? But I'm going to pick, I'm going to be the dissenting voice and pick the Bengals. So, um, uh, NFL.com, 56% are picking the Steelers. So there you go. All right. Um, let's move well, on. Y'all move. Change my pick, man. You scary, man. Stop talking. <laughs> That's why they call me the omniscient one. But anyway, um, all right, let's move on. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, we're going to go to divisional round. Go back to the NFC, and let's start with JB. And JB had the Redskins beating the Packers, so now you have the Redskins traveling to Carolina to play Carolina. Who you got, and why? Oh, I'm taking Carolina in that one. Uh, There's too much, too much Cam Newton, too much offense, too much. Wait, wait, wait before you finish that. T, if he picked the Redskins, oh. he picked the Seahawks. You're right. Then that's vice. You're right. You're right. Lowest seed, yeah. highest seed. Good catch, yeah. train. Right. You're right. Yes, I, I, yep, yep. Good catch. That's why you're the doctor. Appreciate it. All right. So, All right. Jason, with, with your division. Let's go with uh, since it, uh, I'm sorry, Seattle at Carolina as your first game. Yeah, and and I'm still sticking with Carolina. Uh, I, I think although Seattle is dangerous and they will be playing well against Minnesota, there's something about Carolina this year that's different than any other team. It's not just because of record. Uh, we we talked about Cam Newton. We've talked about their defense. We talked about the 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 players stepping up. Something to be said about Ron Rivera, Riverboat Rivera. He seems to be making all the right decisions and, and, and calling the, the right shots at the right time. And he seems to have the respect of the players uh, in the locker room, and he's had that for years. It just seems like this is a different team. And I, I think it's going to be a dogfight, no question about it. It's definitely going to be a dogfight. But I'm going to take Carolina in this one. Okay. Carolina over Seattle. Okay. Um, I got to adjust because I filled in brackets, not even thinking about what Train just said. I'm an idiot. All right. Um, Train also picked the Redskins and the Seahawks. So same same game for Dr. Train. Seattle traveling to play Carolina. Train, who do you got? I'm just going to ride with Carolina, man. I, um, I think the one thing that um, – you know, even though Seattle's hungry, heck, I think both the teams are hungry. And even though Seattle has a lot of that, um, they do have more experience in the playoffs. I mean, even as as a group, as a team, they've been there three years in a row. Um, but I like the way Carolina has played. I think their team has been in, in every possible situation, except for this one, being a playoff team. But the head coach is Ron Revere, who was a member of the 85 Bears who 
It makes Chicago look stupid for for letting him go as a defensive coordinator after three years back on the Lovey Smith when we were uh uh tearing through teams with our defense. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm stick with Carolina on this one. Okay. Carolina. All right. So, K Star picked Green Bay, which pretty much means Seattle. Man, I really messed this up. <laughs> Seattle, and his bracket would also go to Carolina. So, same game for you. Um. K-Star, Seattle at Carolina, who you got? Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go Carolina. Um, at home, <clears throat> Cam is just playing on a whole other level. I know I know Russell is too, uh, but it'll be a, a low-scoring game either way. And, or not, not a low-scoring, but a close game, I should say. Either way, and... Um, uh, I like I like the, the Panthers' speed on defense to at least be able to contain Russell um, from, from scrambling around if needed, if called upon. And I think Luke Keekley would, would probably make a difference in that game. Uh, you know, Train mentioned earlier those receivers are not super impressive outside of I think Tyler Lockett's actually pretty impressive as a rookie, but um, there, there's no one really that that scares you too too terribly. And uh, uh, you know, I, I just think that Keem Newton. And he's able to scramble. He's able, he's able to run the ball himself. And I know Russell was too, but I feel like Keen would be able to just absorb it. And I feel like they, they're just on a different kind of uh, uh, path this year than what Seattle is on. And uh, I think Carolina would find a way. Okay. So we've got three Carolinas. Good, great game. Uh, yeah. Um, Carolina came back and beat them in Seattle earlier this season. Um, but it's not the same Seattle team. Um, man, oh man, I, you know, I said Carolina wasn't going to the Super Bowl, and this is why. Um, I'm picking Seattle. Um, if Seattle doesn't beat Carolina, I think Carolina may go to the Super Bowl. Um, Arizona, with what I saw Arizona last week, just a couple days ago. Nah. Um so this this is this this would this would be the team right here to take them off and I think they're gonna do it, in my opinion. And for all the reasons we've already talked about, you know, how well they're playing, Russell Wilson, Beast Mode, um supposed to be coming back um this week and assuming he stays healthy, um, you know, uh and you know, one thing that I will say about Seattle I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL for adjustments. And I think they go to play Carolina. They're going to look at that first game. They're going to have a little something for Cam Newton and them boys. Um, and, you know, Ron Rivera is a good, solid coach. You're right, Train. Alumni to your 85. You know, one loss, Bears, Super Bowl shuffle, champion Bears. Um, but he ain't playing. <laughs> He's coaching. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm I'm going with Seattle. I just I just think Seattle's on a mission right now. Um so all right. Uh the other divisional game would change from team to team. So I I'll go first on this divisional game because that would leave on my bracket Arizona 
uh, hosting the Redskins. And um, while Arizona didn't look impressive against Seattle, I, I can't see the Redskins. Assuming the Redskins are able to beat Green Bay, which I'm still can't believe I'm picking them, um, they're not going to beat Arizona. And it just it ain't happening. Um, so Arizona. Arizona, I, I'm not even gonna, I, all I got to say about this game is um, um, you know, Washington, it, by getting to the winning the division, getting a playoff victory, they've had a great season and can go home and feel good about themselves. Arizona's trying to get to a Super Bowl, and that's the two differences in the teams. Arizona's just a well-rounded, better team. Um, so I'm going with Arizona. Uh, let's see. JB, same game. Arizona, Washington. Yeah, and same result. Arizona also, I think, and, and I I could pretty much echo your same sentiments. I think that offensively they're they're more efficient, defensively more efficient, and they're playing at home and they've got the uh, the buy, especially with Carolina. I think that buy is gonna help get some of the rust off of that that whooping that Carolina put on before and, and just get them focused. They, they have the tools in place to make a big-time run, and I think they'll have a double-digit victory over Washington. Okay. Dr. Train, same game, Arizona-Washington. Definitely going Arizona in this one, man. And, um, and now you're gonna go into a long speech. I simply just agree with everything you you definitely did. You you said you know they it's it's, it's really a, a a almost an overachievement to definitely get a playoff win and get yes. and get that far, uh, considering how they came wow. in during the season. So Arizona. Okay. Sounds good. Hey Star, you have Arizona hosting the Packers. Yeah, um, we saw that movie before, and I think we'll see it again. I think that and it, it'd be a bloodbath. Is what I'm saying. The Cardinals crushed Green Bay, and yeah, they. I was hoping that Green Bay doesn't win because I'd rather see Arizona versus them, uh, Washington. Um, but yeah, the Arizona would, would just destroy them. They can't separate, and they're playing the, the Cardinals defense at, at Arizona. Just, yeah. Okay. Arizona. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's roll over into the uh, AFC divisional round. We'll start with JB. And JB has the Steelers beating the Bengals, which would send the Steelers to Denver to play the Broncos, um, who have not announced. I, I hope it's gamesmanship. I hope it's, you know, we're going to wait until the last minute um, to confuse the other team. Um, but if they don't start Peyton Manning, they are, I mean, let me just put it to you this way. I'm going to let JB go first, but um, – I reserve the right to change my pick if Peyton Manning ain't the starting quarterback. I'm just putting that out there right now. Okay. So that being said, Pittsburgh at Denver, JP. Yeah, I, I was about to say basically the same thing. I cannot see any scenario where if Peyton Manning is healthy, he doesn't start. And he's got two weeks to, to rest up. 
I, I cannot see him not starting. So, uh, with that being said, I'm going to go with Denver on this one. Uh, again, having that two-week layoff, I think it's going to help them get healthy. I think it's going to help Peyton Manning get healthy, continue to get continuity. Um, I think Pittsburgh is probably going to put up a, a good fight, but I'm still going to go with Denver. I think they have enough talent on both sides of the ball to get the job done. Okay. Let's go back to Dr. Train. Same game. Pittsburgh traveling to mile high to play Denver. Uh, I'd go with the uh, uh, Peyton Manning's playing. I'm going with Denver on this one. Did they announce that? Uh, that's just that's just that's just how I'm this is how I'm, I'm I'm putting it out there. Oh, okay. But, okay. You know, it's happening. So I'm going with Denver. All right. Uh, I think with Peyton Manning. They're definitely the better team. Um, it, it'll be a, it'll be a tough matchup, nevertheless. But uh, that defense is definitely better uh, than Pittsburgh's D, and I think it matches up well against uh, what Pittsburgh has to offer on offense. Um, so yeah, Denver. Okay. Um. All right. Um. Okay, Star, your Steelers yeah. traveling to play Denver. <laughs> yeah, uh, Steelers. They're not. <clears throat> we we saw what the trump card was when they played last time, and I don't see how they would have an answer for Antonio Brown this game either. They played so much man coverage uh, that just they they had the corners to stop. You know. Uh, 99% of the NFL, they, they they can't crack the code that as they be. We didn't see it once. And, you know, uh, on the other side of that, Peyton Manning, um, so I've had a pretty good year with, with with projections and whatnot, but I will say I was I was wrong on this one. Um, you, you guys were right. You guys were all about the Peyton Manning thing. And it's not that Brock has played bad, but it's that Peyton, Peyton's just more equipped for this for this run. And um, I would say the Steelers, now, I'd rather see Brock play uh, for for our own, uh, my own selfish reasons, um, because I do think Peyton would, would have success uh, against our defense. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, I think he would he would also throw us a couple picks. Uh, we we get we get pressure, and and you know he he has had a bad year up to this point. Um, but yeah, I, I would go with the Steelers, of course. Okay. Um. Let's see. Oh. Okay. I screwed up my bracket. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. All right. Yeah, I did. I circled the Steelers <laughs> on my bracket. Um, okay. I'm going to fix that right now. And I got to totally redo my bracket because that changes everything. All right. Hold on, gentlemen. So the Bengals would then go to New England, and Kansas City would go to Denver. Okay. All right. Gosh. All right. So, yeah, I did pick the Bengals to beat the Steelers, and so that would send the Bengals to New England, and that would send Kansas City to play Denver. So with that said, I'm sorry? I was saying, oh, yeah, that does change your right (laughs) Yeah, it does. Okay. So I'm going to go with Denver. Um, And 
I, I, I'll, I'll reserve the right to see if um, I can't imagine Peyton Manning not playing. Um, um, but you know, Denver in Denver. I mean, KC's on a roll. Um, even with uh, Brock, I still would probably stick with Denver in this game. But definitely with Peyton Manning, um, Denver to uh, to beat KC. And you know, and, and again, it's a situation where if you Kansas City, you started out one and five, you made it to the playoffs, you got to win. I mean, that's a great season. And if you're Denver, I mean, anything short of a Super Bowl is a failure. So, you know, it's just two teams on two different tracks. And uh, I, I got to go with Denver on this one. All right. Last game of the division. Let's start with JB. So, according to his brackets, JB would have Houston traveling out to New England to play them. Patriots. JB, as if I don't know, who you got? <laughs> Yeah, uh, obviously I'm going with the Patriots. Uh, there's just too much experience, even though they're playing with a banged-up offensive line. They've had probably, I think, 30 different linemen at any given point throughout the year trying to protect Brady, and he's got a sprained ankle and bruised ribs. So he, he took a bit of a beating in this last game. But there's the, the whole Patriot mantra, the whole Patriot mystique, and with the Texans being a relatively young team going up into Foxborough and, not being accustomed to that. Maybe, like you said before, with, with A.J. McCarron, the naivety would, would be beneficial to him. I don't think it's going to be beneficial to the Texans, so I'm definitely going with the Pats. All right. J.B.'s got the Patriots. Um, Dr. Train, your bracket would have Kansas City traveling to New England. Who you got? Um. I like Kansas City in this matchup. Wow. Shake it up, why don't you? Shake it up. (laughs) Kansas City traveling to New England, pulling off the upset. Talk to me. So so when I look at when I look at how New England has struggled down the stretch offensively with the very slim chance of Julie Elliman even returning, I think that just fully plays to Kansas City favor. Kansas City has has managed to, even without Jamal Charles, create a nice little two-head monster between Spencer Ware and, and Charkandrew uh, West. And um, to be honest, this is not Alex Smith's first rodeo. He's He's been in this situation before. So I just think as a, as a total team, they have it, and, they, and that steam is going to keep rolling. To this to this week, and I think that the Patriots have just lost too much in injuries to recover from a, for with a team that got this much steam behind them. So I, I, I like I like Kansas City in this. All right, ballsy pick, Kansas City. Mmm, boy. <laughs> K Star, you've got Houston traveling to New England. Let's see. Come on, K Star, pick Houston. Come on, K Star. No. <laughs> Not, no, not doing that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I think Kansas City, New England would be a good game, but uh, I don't think Houston, New England would be a good game uh, at at Foxborough. The uh, the Patriots already handled them earlier on in the season, and that was without uh, Julian Edelman. And um, yeah, I don't see why that would change this this go around either. So I, I definitely like New England in that matchup. Okay. Kate Train, just for, 
by the re- for the record, there is talks that Edelman might be back in time for that game. Yeah, that that's true. And then I also heard that his injury was Yeah, that's that's true. I've I've heard that. I've also heard that his injury was very similar to to uh your your boy. Yeah. Yeah. Brian is saying that he wish he would have not returned so soon from that injury. So true enough it's playoffs and he'll probably come back. But um I, I think against that secondary, not be he, if he comes back, he's not going to be a hundred percent. He's just he's just going to play through whatever little pain he has, and I, I just still think Kansas is just a better overall team. No, I hear you. That's fine. Um, and let me just say this: um, his presence will matter, even if he's hurt. Just having him out there changes the way the defense is going to play New England. Because they're not going to know how healthy he is. They're not going to know how effective he is. So just having him out there could open up more things for Amendola, for Gronkowski. Just just, just throwing that out there. Um, but, hey, I hear you. You think Kansas City's a better team, so roll with it. Um, my brackets have the Bengals going to New England. And uh, I'm definitely picking the Patriots um, over New England. I, I have the Bengals with the upset. Uh, maybe not an upset because they are the higher seed, but with the win over Pittsburgh, and um, they'll they'll get their one win for Marvin Lewis, keep him employed. Um, you know, if, if Dalton was playing this game, even though you know it's hard to go. Against you know, you could get Dalton in that game, right? Yeah, I know you could get him. You could get him. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, you know, we're gonna do another show next week. And we'll have, you know, for, for, for games that we've picked correctly, you know, more information and we need to make a change. If you if you blew the pick, then, hey, you're stuck. But if you picked it right and you got both teams and you want to make a change, there's nothing wrong with that because each week, healthiness and all that's going to matter. I mean, you know, you know, Seattle wins and Russell Wilson gets knocked out for their whole playoffs. That's a different team now, right? So, I mean, anything can happen and make you want to rethink your pick. So, um but right now, I just I think New England is one of those teams <coughs> that turns it on in the postseason. They are the team that does that. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, I, you know that's what they do, you know. And um, you know, I, I, it is it is a that to me is the closest thing in the NFL that I've seen to. Three other teams that I think were the best teams in the NFL during their time period, um, and that would be the 49ers with Joe Montana, the Cowboys with Troy Aikman, and the Steelers with Terry Bradshaw. Um, those were those were dominant teams that I had the pleasure of watching all of them play, and you know to to win a Super Bowl and then get back into the playoffs is a tough enough feat. But to be back in Super Bowl contention and the amount of effort and work and, and to just have that mentality that says last year is done, it's a new season, and I want it again. And to have that same hunger is unique in sports. It's unique in sports. And the Patriots have that. Tom Brady has that. Bill Belichick has that. It don't matter what we did last year, any other It don't matter. You know, or Jay, as The Rock would say, it doesn't matter, right? You know, it doesn't matter. You know, it, they don't care. 
how we won the Super Bowl last year. Who cares? It's about right now. And, man, you, you have to take that into consideration when you're looking at a team like this as opposed to, I think some of the teams will be happy with a playoff win. It's like, my God, Redskins, you know, the Chiefs, you know. Frankly, yeah, they all want to win the Super Bowl. But come on now, let's be honest. Redskins came into this season knowing that they were favored to be on the bottom again. Chiefs started out the year one and five. You know what I mean? I I just think – and the Bengals, yeah, they had a great season, but they haven't won a playoff game. So just to win a playoff game is like, ah, the monkey's off our back. But the but the uh, oh, Steelers are the same way. Steelers want to win a Super Bowl. I put I put this Pittsburgh Steelers team in that same conversation. You know, it ain't enough to go and win a playoff game. We've already been there and done that. Ben wants another ring. Tomlin wants another ring. You know, so even though I picked against them, I will give them that credit. So that said, I can't go against New England. You know, Brady gets a week off. The rest it's another week for Edelman maybe to heal up. Gronkowski, Amendola get more healthy. Um, I just can't see anyone going into anyone going into New England that first weekend and beating the Patriots. I just I can't see it. I can't see it. When we say Aaron Rodgers isn't who we thought he is, at least right now, Tom Brady is who we thought he was. He is. You know, he he definitely is who we thought he is. So, um, all right. We just uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit? Bullshit. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. I still laugh at that one. <laughs> I still think about the commercial. Man, that guy's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Was that you, Train? Did you mute yourself? No, no. No. Sorry, phone uh, just went off. Is right next to the uh, to the speaker. Sorry. Okay, nah, that's fine. All right. Um. And who is it that's got this sweet old lady in the background sounding like my grandmother from Alabama? I'm just hearing that that's voice. That's my mama. That's your mom. Oh, man. <laughs> I, you know, see, normally I'd be like, okay, you got background noise. But I'm listening to that. J- J- JB, doesn't that sound like grandma from uh, Opelika? Did you hear her in the background? You know what I'm saying? I'm hearing the voice back there. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, go ahead, keep talking. I'm like, Can we just pause the show? Put her on the put her on the air and let her talk some. You know, I just want to hear her talk. Oh man, that's you all got right. all quiet now. You don't hear her. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that, that's all right, man. That's all right. Um, all right. Yeah, brings us back to a good place, don't it? It, it really does, man. Jay, Jay, I'll tell you, man. We got some good fond memories of Opalaka. Um, you better do right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, Dr. Train since we don't, you know, got his family all embarrassed now. Let's go to Dr. Train as we go into the conference championships. Okay, down the down the. Well, we got three games left to pick, gentlemen. Conference championships, Dr. Train. We're going to go back to the NFC, and your your bracket has you with uh, Arizona, and they would be traveling to Carolina. So you you pretty much have one and two meeting up in the conference chip. And um, you know who you got and why? Uh, 
going to keep riding this Carolina Panther train, man. I think this team is real. Um, this will be this will be a heck of a game. It's, it's a game that I hope to see for the for the conference championship. Because um, these two teams didn't meet, and um, I think they match up really well with each other with the defenses, and uh, and even even with their offenses. So, um, but I, but I give Carolina I give Carolina the edge. I think they're. I think they have what it what it takes to to go all the way this year. Okay. Hey, Star, you got the same game. Carolina hosting Arizona. Who you got? Mm, man. because he is his, his supporting cast isn't necessarily elite. Well, I think Carson Palmer is elite. And then Carson Palmer's played at an elite level as well. So when you have that combination, it makes it really tough to beat. And then David Johnson out the backfield. Um, he's a rookie. looks really impressive. Coming on at the right time. And, yeah, I just think that there's a matchup issue for, for Carolina, um, which, you know, I'd love to see Cam pull it off. He is Superman, but I think it's just too much overcome. Okay, so you are going against Carolina. You're going against Cam Newton, the Hall of Famer, and you're picking Arizona. Yeah. Man, I was so wanting you to pick Carolina against your Steelers in the Super Bowl, and I, but okay. that's, that's all right. So you got Arizona. All right. Uh, JB, uh, same game for you. Who you got? Yep. I'm actually going with Carolina in this one. I just feel like this is Cam's time. I think Arizona is it's going to be obviously a great game, but I think that I think Greg Olson is going to be the X factor in this one. He's an above-average talent, and he's smart. He can play. He can play the game physically, but he's also cerebral for a tight end. And I think Cam is going to lean on him a little more than he normally does. I think that's going to be the difference in this game. I'm going with Carolina. Okay. All right. So we've got two Carolinas and an Arizona. I have Seattle going to Arizona. Um, And needless to say, based on what I saw Sunday, I'm picking Seattle again. I don't expect it to be the same outcome. Um, I mean, let me rephrase that. I expect it to be the same outcome, but not the same score. I think Arizona will put up a much better fight. I think it'll be a much better game. But, you know, when we talk about teams on a mission, um, you know, something that hasn't been said about the Seahawks, they they have to be smarting over losing back-to-back Super Bowls because of a questionable play call inside the five-yard line. Um, And when you have one of the best short distance backs 
in the NFL and arguably one of the best short-distance backs we've maybe seen in the NFL over the last 10 years, um, have some of the most memorable runs in, you know, in NFL history of not being able to get taken down or run against uh, 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 New Orleans, another run. I can't remember against what team it was, but he's got two or three of these runs of long distance where he just wouldn't go down, and yet they pass the ball and get an interception and ultimately lose what could have been back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, I, I can't imagine that that's not a driving motivator. And um, I, I just still – I think this team is, is destined, um, you know, to, to go back to their third consecutive Super Bowl. And I think they're going to they're gonna beat Arizona. Um, because to me, the only team in the NFC that can stop Seattle is Carolina. I don't think Arizona can do it. We just saw what happened. I think it'll be a better game, but I don't think they have a chance to do it. Carolina is the, is the team that has beaten them in the regular season in their house, and I think that's the game. Of all the games we're picking, that's the one I'm the least comfortable with because I do think Carolina, you know, they get they got a week's rest. Seattle comes into their house. Um, <laughs> it was not easy for me to pick Seattle. But playoff experience, um, you know, we talk about coaching quarterback. Quarterback at this point is probably a wash. So then we look at Ron Rivera against Pete Carroll. Right now, you got to get Pete Carroll the edge because he's been to two straight Super Bowls. And then when you look at defense versus defense, well, Carolina's had a stout defense all season, but Seattle's reputation is defense. Lob, you know, you know that's what they do. They, you know, when push comes to shove. Yeah, you know, hell, Arizona to six points in the first half last week. Uh, High-powered thirty-point a game offense, shut them down. So I, I just think they're going to get by Carolina, and then they're going to run into Arizona. It's going to be a little bit of an easier game than the Carolina game, and I see them going back to the Super Bowl for a third straight year. So I've got Seattle. All right. And let's start with Mr. K-Star. And K-Star's Pittsburgh Steelers will be traveling on his bracket to New England to play Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. It's kind of a stupid question, I will admit it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> K-Star, who you got and why? Got the Steelers. Um, so the Patriots, pretty banged up. I mean, I know we, we have some injuries, and, uh, you know, but we've we, we've been playing with them for quite a while. The, the Patriots, you know, they, they've had these injuries, and they have not been playing well. They've we've lost four of the last six. Uh you know, and, and struggled to put up points against some of these teams. So I expect their playoff production to increase relative to the past few weeks that we've seen from them uh, because I expect them to get Edelman back and just be real, they're a great playoff team. But there's some real questions. There's a lot of pressure being put on Tom Brady. And, again, I brought it up earlier, Steelers finished the league thir- third in the year in sacks. And uh, they're, they're the team that, that can certainly move the ball against uh, New England. And if that happens and when it happens – um, you know, New England's got to throw, throw, throw. And I think that the Steelers can get some pressure on Brady and generate a turnover or two um, because right now they're not protecting him. And he also is a little banged up. We saw him down and Sue basically collapse, collapse on his legs. He had to get MRI for it. Um, no such question. The quarterback spot for the Steelers, Big Ben, is fully healthy. I like the Steelers. Okay. 
Um, case study, did you see the or hear about Ben Roethlisberger kind of calling out Martavius Bryant? Did you hear about that? Uh, no, but I did see it in action on the field where he basically wrote to the new asshole for running the wrong route on an interception that was thrown. Okay. What 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 do, do we do we have more to that? What was what did um, we hear? It looks like I'm pulling it up now. It looks like it was an interview, um, where I, what's highlighted is the term "toughen up." Um, let's see. Not that I'm shying away from saying this to Bryant. It comes from love. He needs to understand that at this time of year, you have to toughen up. You have to make tough plays. You have to make tough catches, and you have to find more ways to do everything you can to help this team. He was a little sick last week, and that got him behind a little, but I love to challenge him. We all do. The sky is the limit for him. I want to challenge him to be the best. Uh, damn, NFL.com. Uh, challenge him to be the best. Where the hell did it go? In the world, and it's really up to him and what he wants to do with that challenge. Does he want to crumble and wilt? and pout and let it bother him, or does he want to rise up, step up, and say, I'll take the challenge, and does he want to be the best in the world? So apparently that was an interview on the fan this morning. Um, your thoughts on that? You like it? You don't like it? <clears throat> uh, I, I like it because, you know, uh, Martavis is a young guy, and he's extremely full of talent, and for Ben to say that, it tells me that, you know, it may be that Martavis is taking things, some things for granted. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like, Hey man, listen, you're, you're really talented, but talent doesn't mean shit. If you're, if you, if you don't work hard, because in the NFL you do have to work hard. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's one of those things where, where, where Ben's doing it to, to motivate him. Um, but also being honest about the situation, you know, if Martavis is, is, you know, being soft and, and he has dropped a few cat few balls um that were certainly catchable in the past few weeks. Some some big ones too. Um I, you know, Ben knows Martavis better than I do, clearly. And, and I think for him to say that publicly, um, is to send a message and I think that it's probably for uh the the betterment of Martavis because I mean again, young guys no one likes to be embarrassed. I mean we're this millennial area era rather. Come on, social media, all that stuff, that's that's the life, right? Well, it's going to spread. And, um, yeah, so hopefully Martavis responds positively on the field. I think he will. I'll just say this, and this was not planned as part of the conversation, but I don't have a problem with what Ben did. He's a leader of the team. But it shows me, it shows, it reeks of a little bit of desperation. It, It reeks to me of a little bit of worry. It's you went to the fan in an interview to call out one of your wide receivers. Um, a few days before a playoff game shows that it uh, just shows I don't want to say they're not confident I think I think I wouldn't I wouldn't accuse Big Ben two-time Super Bowl champion of not being confident but I think they they understand the mon- monumental task they have in front of them Saturday night and he needs all hands on deck <laughs> and for him to go to that level to try to motivate one of his receivers it just shows me uh, again Worry, worry might be a little bit much, but I think they understand this is this not that it's just a big game, but it's going to be a hard game to win. Because I don't, I mean, you know your team much better than I do, but I don't know Ben to really call out players publicly like that. I don't know that to be his style. Am I wrong? 
he he did so early in his career. The only thing, remember I got a player I can remember him doing that with uh, was actually Santonio Holmes when Ben was younger than he was. Um, yeah, outside of that, it's not really his style. Right. So let's keep an eye on that, though. That's, that's a very interesting new development over there in Pittsburgh. Um, and, you know, when you got Antonio Brown who catches everything you throw at him, I mean, Jesus Christ. But anyway, all right. <laughs> so you've got Pittsburgh and Arizona meeting up in the Super Bowl. Didn't they play in the Super Bowl years ago? Ain't that a rematch? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was damn, a great game. Yeah, damn, I'm good. Yeah. Steelers won that one, right? Yep. Tap, toe tap, catch by uh, Santonio Holmes, Yeah, right? Santonio. Yeah, the the yeah, drive, yeah. yeah. And the drive, the yeah, drive started, yeah. started on, on our own 10. Game went super yeah. awesome. Love that game. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, JB, you have Denver hosting the Patriots. JB went one and two seed, um, actually all the way around, one and two seed. So um, who you got? You know, this one was a tough one. Um it's pretty much a pick em. you got the legendary matchup, Brady versus Manning. I'm actually going to go with Manning and the Broncos on this one. Um, just because they're playing at home, uh, I think that I think Manning's going to be able to take it. I, I really don't have anything else other than Denver's defense possibly throwing just enough wrinkles to slow down anything Brady can do, and Denver doing just enough to squeak by. So I'm going with Denver. Okay. All right. Dr. Train has Denver hosting the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the five seed. Train, who you got? Going to roll with them Denver Broncos. Yeah, still, this is uh, this is big brother, little brother. I think ben brother, big brother Denver gets it. Okay. I definitely think their defense is better, and um, I just think I just I, I, I just think overall they they'll edge Kansas City out. This will still be a close match, definitely not a blowout. Kansas City knows how to play them, but I, I just think Denver has the edge here. Okay. Um, so we've got Pittsburgh, Denver, Denver. I've got Denver hosting New England as well. Um, man, I just don't know. <laughs> um, I'm I'm completely torn on this one. I think Denver, um, if Peyton plays and stays healthy all around, is the better team. But New England's got that mojo. You know, they got that. They got something in the postseason. They got that hunger. But Peyton's got that hunger too. Um, you know, and I always say when I'm in doubt, I look at head coach and quarterback. Uh, if Peyton is healthy, listen, for all practical purposes, quarterback is a wash. Um, but head coach clearly goes to Belichick. Um, but I, I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna go with Denver in what I would call a mild upset because of their defense. Um, my boy Demarcus Ware is going back to a Pro Bowl. Congratulations! I'm so happy for him. Um, you know, we saw Tlaib make a c- incredible boneheaded play um, in, in this game against San Diego. I don't think he makes a mistake like that against uh, New England. Um, obviously, by you know, we're talking a few weeks from now, cold weather's finally really hitting New England now. Denver plays in cold, too. I don't think it's going to matter. Um, 
And, um, you know, can you imagine what's better than um, based on my bracket? Either way, we have a rematch of the last two teams to play Seattle, New England and Denver. So on my bracket, either way. I'm looking like it's it's going to be exciting. We got Denver who got mollywhopped, and we got New England who who got a late win. Um, I'm going to go with Denver to go back and try to get vengeance on them Seahawks. Go back to the Super Bowl and have a repeat of a Super Bowl from year before last. Um, I reserve the right to change my pick if I find out that Peyton Manning ain't going to play. If Peyton don't play, it's the, it's New England all the way. I'm telling you guys that right now. Just book it. If Peyton does not play in this game, assuming my other picks fall in place and it's those two teams and Peyton for some reason isn't playing, it's New England all day. No, I don't got it, period. I don't care. I don't care if Joe Montana come out of retirement and go backwards 30, 30 years to who he was and play. I'm still picking New England. All right, well, maybe not, but I'm still picking New England. All right. Um, last but not least, Super Bowl picks. And I think we all have – well, no, JB and Train both have the same game. So let's start with them. Let's start with JB. Um, has the number one seed Broncos playing the number one seed Carolina. Nice stretch. <laughs> Who you got winning your Super Bowl? I'm going with Carolina on this one. Um, and it really goes back to what Cam can do. This is really has been his season. Yeah. Oh, Cam. Cam. All right, guys. This is this is Cam's time. Um, there's not a, another quarterback out there that has the physical tools that Cam has, and it's hard to defend him week in and week out. You can look at all the tape you want to. He always seems to do something just a little bit different than the prior week. And I think this being the biggest stage of them all, He's not going to shy away from it. He was already on that stage when he was at Auburn with the title. So he knows what it's about. I think he's going to put the team on his back. I wouldn't be surprised if he rushes for 100 and passes for 200. He'll do whatever it takes to win. So I'll take Carolina and a nail-biter. Okay. Dr. Train, you have the same game, Carolina and Denver. My sentiment is exactly little big brother Jay. Ride with them Panthers all the way. I think definitely, um, I think definitely they're the better team in this one. Um, they're the stronger team. Uh, by this by by this point, yeah, Ron Rivera have them boys ready. They'll be going up against a Peyton Manning that wants to get his that wants to go out with a bang, but uh, I don't, I don't think his bang will have enough pop against this particular team. So I'm going with a very strong. Very strong Carolina, Carolina Panthers team in this one. Still a close game, though. Okay. All right. Um, and let's go to K-Star, who has the Steelers and the Cardinals. Um, again, K-Star, who you got? Okay, Star. Okay, Star. I'm using myself. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, yeah. This. Damn it, hold on. 
Yes, we, we can hold on. It's only a live show. All right, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> listen, listen, I want to put the I want to I want to put the We're going to catch on cell phones, you know. Hey, man, hold on a second. No, it's not a live show. Broadcasting all over the world right now, but hold hold on. Okay. Hey man, I want to give that a dramatic effect because it is live. Because everyone knows that they don't know who I'm going to pick. They just <laughs> you know, they just don't know. They're they're like, who's this guy going to pick? Right. Um, right. Hey, right. Hold, on, know, on, like, hold on. Hold on. Hold I mean, on. Where where did it go? Hold on. Here it comes. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Live. Live, live radio, live podcast feed, and uh, here we are with you. We want to unleash hell here. You're talking. There we go. One more time. We want to unleash hell here. All right, go ahead. That's right. We want to unleash hell. Unleash hell in the Cardinals. Uh, we played them earlier in the season. We actually won without Ben Roethlisberger. Um, they they will move the ball against us, that's for sure. They have 400 yards passing when they have played us, but uh, you enter Ben into the mix. Um, Tyron Matthews no longer playing for them. He's out for the year. I think that opens up a big opportunity, actually, for uh, Marcus Wheaton, who's come on a lot lately. I think that's a matchup they can exploit. And you know what? We, we understand that Patrick Peterson's a very good cornerback, but Antonio Brown is just, again, I feel like the best player in the NFL, bar none. And I think that he completely just, uh, obliterates Peterson in that matchup. And the Steelers find a way to play good red zone defense, getting to hold them to enough field goals to, to get the job done. And come away with a seventh Lombardi trophy. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice, man. Nice. There was a song that came out back when, back when I was um, a young man. It was... It was called it went ooh tell me if I'm dreaming I'm dreaming yeah um that's a nice dream you got there K Star that the Steelers are gonna go yeah, all the way now now I just have I'm one question for you, K-Star. I just have one no, question are there any situations is there any circumstances that your team goes to the playoffs that you are not picking them to win the Super Bowl? Is there any circumstances that that happens? Are the, uh, my question is, are there any circumstances in which the Steelers aren't a suitable threat once they're in the playoffs? Well, yeah, they only ask the question with a question. I'm asking you, is there any circumstances where no, you don't... No, there's not. There's okay, not. Okay. There's not. not. Okay, I didn't think there would be. I didn't think there would be. Okay. they got a realistic chance this year. They, they, I mean, I know we lost a lot to the people, but, I mean, a couple weeks ago, we were, you even were admitting the fact that this is definitely a suitable contender. I don't think that's necessarily changed. I think the biggest test for the Steelers is... Uh, I mean, obviously, it starts Saturday, but I really do think it starts Saturday in the sense that if they get this game against Cincy, you know, they're going to have full confidence, and we'll see what happens from there. So if you had the Panthers, you still pick your Steelers? What's that? Do you have to go up against Carolina, you still pick the Steelers? Uh, the Steelers play Carolina? Uh, actually, no, nah, I think Carolina would probably – uh, I like to admit this, probably. Ah, yeah. ah, I think, I think the key with that was that was in a scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because so it's like, not man, like man, I know you're confident on your team, but so, you know, <laughs> because because it's not a scenario in which which yeah. you know, yeah, you know I projected. I'll just I'll, you know I'll what? Out, yeah, 
that Dr. Train, there's a reason why you're a PhD, bro, because you sniffed out what K-Star did. See, K-Star, what you did, and it was slick, and you almost got away with it, but Train sniffed it out. Yeah, he did. You picked Arizona to beat Carolina, so then you had Arizona against Pittsburgh, and you didn't have to answer the question of Carolina right. playing Pittsburgh. It was a setup. Right. <laughs> train just sniffed it out. Boy, Train, you good. I didn't even catch that one. Ooh, you good, Train. Mm. I, and, and, guys, I couldn't go double homer the whole way through the playoffs. I couldn't just be like loving life saying Cam versus Ben in the Super Bowl. That would just be a little bit too much. Right. Listen, if Carolina plays Pittsburgh in the in the in the in the Super Bowl, you're hosting the that Super Bowl show. I'm just gonna call in. And oh. <laughs> okay, I'm not. Gonna, I'm just gonna call in. Hey, I'm gonna call in. Commissioner T. You know, I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to say, man. I ain't got. To, I, I would definitely, definitely, I definitely would do that. That'd be fun. All right. All right. So K Star, of course, is the Steelers winning it all. JB and Dr. Train have the Panthers winning it all. Since I have neither team making it to the championship game, um, I, I get to have, go in a different direction. I've got Seattle and I've got Denver, and I'm I'm torn. Um, um, part of me feels that Seattle's on a run, and they've been here before, and they, they're going to get it done. But the Peyton Manning effect – Possibly his last season. I think this is it for him, especially if he wins a Super Bowl. I think he. I think that's it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go back to what I always say, and it really isn't helpful right here because I always say quarterback and head coach. Head coach, I'm going to give the edge to Pete Carroll. Quarterback, healthy, I'm going to give the edge to, edge to Peyton Manning. Um, even though they both have won Super Bowl. Peyton's experience, you just can't, you can't, you can't top that. You saw what he did when he came in in the middle of the third quarter uh, against San Diego, and how he got that offense running, and how it trickled into the defense and woke them up a bit too, uh, minus the one boneheaded play by Talib. But um, this this will be a better game than two years ago. I don't expect Seattle to mollywop them like that. Um, and I and with all my heart, emotionally, I'd like to pick pick Peyton Manning. It would be a nice way for him to go out, get his second Super Bowl, because Eli ain't getting no more. Sorry, Eli's day is over. Um, he, 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 as long as Coughlin was his coach, I always felt that he had a chance to get back there because Coughlin's a defensive-minded coach, and Eli does just enough with a solid defense. Coughlin's gone. Eli ain't going back to no more Super Bowls. Um, but Peyton Manning to get get his second Super Bowl and bow out, man, that's just that's the story you want. That's the you know, um, but that's not the story that I'm going with. I'm going with Seattle. Um, them boys just, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And, and let me just put it to you this way: the reason I'm picking Seattle and Denver is when I look at this weekend, um, and I look at who are the teams that needed to win needed to win to really get something done. Um, and most of them didn't get it done. You know, New England didn't get it done. The Jets didn't get it done. Um, the Colts didn't get it done, although they probably wouldn't have gotten in the playoffs anyway. So many teams didn't get it done. Arizona didn't get it done. Um, but Denver got it done. Kubiak made a world-class decision to put Peyton Manning in. Seattle um, I don't know that they needed that game, but I think they knew you want to go into the playoffs playing good football. 
and they knew they were going up against a team that still had a chance at a number one seed, and they whooped up on them. Um, and so I just look at those two teams right now, and, yeah, Carolina, that's the team I'm a little worried about. And over there in the AFC, New England is a team I'm worried about. So, I mean, this could turn into a New England-Carolina Super Bowl. There's so many possible matchups with solid teams that we know are going to bring it in the playoffs. It makes it very, very exciting. But I've got Seattle um, going in, playing Denver, and getting their second Super Bowl, uh, three consecutive appearances, two out of three Super Bowls. And, um, um, you know, so that's how I look at it. So, all right. Um, so we've made all our picks. We've covered the storylines. Um, I, I, I'm going to ask JB to stay on with me. Uh, I hope you all stay on. I think, uh, especially Dr. Train, I think this will be of interest to you. Um, K-Star, as a football person, this will be of interest to you. Outside of that, you probably could care less because it's Cowboys related, but it's first take. So I'm going to leave it up to you. But I want to play a clip. Clip's going to run about six, seven minutes. So, um, but this is a clip from today's show. And when I heard it, because we have this platform, most people can sit home or, or, and get upset or get on Twitter. We have a platform where we can address things and, and can spread it, frankly, all over the world for people to hear, whether they're hearing this live or whether they're hearing this as a podcast. But the reason that I want to address this is to state why, I, one, I don't understand how that show can be the number one show on ESPN with some of the untruths and misinformation that they spread. It is it is getting to the point of sickening, some of the stuff that they talk about. And I, and I, I, I hope you guys will indulge me here and, and check this clip out. A lot of talks happening. Skip, are you okay with the Cowboys moving forward with Jason Garrett? <clears throat> Molly, Stephen A. Smith, I'm going to buckle my seatbelt for <laughs> I this can one. Tell. Yeah. Breathe. This is going to come from the perspective of, as you guys know, I'm a lifelong Cowboy fan, attended my first game in their first year, 1960, in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas. You look good. I covered Jason Garrett when he was a player for the Cowboys, and I know him pretty well, and he's a really nice guy. But he is not a head coach in the National Football League. I do believe he could be a good coordinator. I'm pretty sure he's a much better coordinator than a head coach. And if I owned and operated my Dallas Cowboys, I would have fired him after what I saw this past season. I did not give Jason Garrett any credit for last year's 12-4, and and I do give him a heaping helping of the blame for what happened this year during 4-12. and My Dallas Cowboys, as you, you two definitely know, were into the bitter end seven games that they ended up losing as they went four and twelve. Seven times they had chances to win just a couple of games to hang in the pitiful NFC East race that was finally won by default by the Washington Redskins. Seven times they failed to win close games. I've said it here on this show before and I've tweeted about it. Let's just say, if Mike Tomlin had coached my Dallas Cowboys, I know that's pie in the sky, but if Mike Tomlin had coached my Dallas Cowboys this year, I guarantee you they would have won two of those seven just on force of will and motivation, just on fear factor. There isn't one player in that locker room who is afraid of what Jason Garrett might do if they fail in a football game. I, I came up in this business under Jimmy Johnson, who 
put the wrath of God in every player who played for him. And if I can go back, coach before that, the great Dwayne Thomas once called Tom Landry a plastic man. Jason Garrett is the ultimate plastic man. I think he's actually made out of plastic. The best thing Jason Garrett can do is clap. That's all he does. No matter how bad it gets on the field, you just see him on the sideline just clapping. You know why he can get away with that? Because he's become Jerry Jones' third son, his son on the field, on the sideline. And what made me the sickest was when I read these quotes last night that we just saw on camera to set up this topic. Jason Garrett said, again, the question was, did you and Jerry have a sit-down after the year ended? And he's like, sit down? We talk all the time. We've already talked several times today. It's father and son. Jerry loves the heck out of Jason Garrett because Jason's a good guy. He's the ultimate plastic puppet for Jerry Jones. He does Jerry's bidding. And Jerry's happy to socialize with him and be around him because trust me, I know him. He's really a fine fella. You'd like being around him. You'd like socializing with him. He says all the right things to Jerry Jones and Jerry's going to keep him around because Jerry just likes the heck out of old Jason Garrett. And I don't. Not as a head football coach of my Dallas Cowboys. Should have been fired because this team was good enough, even without Tony Romo, to be in this year's playoffs. They should be playing this Saturday somewhere, somehow, someplace. But they're not. Skip Bayless, we do shows like this. And I'm dead serious with what I'm about to say. Dallas Cowboys are everything to you. Um, I understand your perspective. Obviously, I agree with you. But to say that I'm honored to be doing this show with you, you, I don't even think you will ever truly appreciate it. Because you touch on things in a way where you speak to fairness. And I bring that up because I'm going to say something that's going to offend a lot of folks in America. But I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If more folks were like you in terms of your honesty about what you feel in your heart and how you approach stuff, I would never be accused of race baiting because I would never have to address these points. It is unfortunate for me that I have to go here, but I'm left no choice. Tom Coughlin was a different situation because I was talking about the love affair and the adulation for a guy that missed the playoffs over the last six six of the last seven years. But I recognize his greatness. He was a two-time Super Bowl champion, and he's to be profoundly respected. Mm -hmm. I was addressing the love affair for him, not the quality of a coach he is. That's it. In Jason Garrett's situation, I am going to hearken back to what I said weeks ago. Jason Garrett is the walking epitome of everything that black folks in America lament. Yep. It is no way around this. Six and ten, even though he inherited the team when they were one and seven, he went yep. five and three. Three consecutive eight and eight seasons in which he lost the last game of the regular season with the division crown on the line to not just the Giants, but the Giants, the Eagles, and the Redskins, back to back to back. He did. He follows that up with a 12-4 and season in which DeMarco Murray was given the ball 392 times with 57 additional touches, 449 touches overall. They ran this man into the ground 
saving Tony Romo along the way. Although Tony Romo had, had a career MVP, year. Had career a career year, year yeah, on did. top. I'm just okay, talking about go the ahead, workload. Go ahead. I got right? it. Mm-hmm. Jason Garrett didn't do anything, but he got the credit. He didn't get the blame, yeah. but he got the credit. Then Tony Romo is 2-0. They're en route to a 2-0 record. Mm-hmm. He goes down. Jason Garrett loses seven straight. He has the lead in five or six mm-hmm. of those fourth quarters. Yep. Still can't find a way to pull it out. They didn't lose the game because of Romo. They lost the game against New Orleans because of uh, Aaron with, mm-hmm. with, with their secondary, yep. with somebody that was coming into the game. They lost a 28-17 to lead to the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. Falcons. They lost other leads. Jason Garrett doesn't get that. Not a word. Not yeah. a word. Okay? And ultimately, he ends up with a 2-12 and record, losing seven straight on the front end, four straight on the back end. One of the first words we hear is Jerry Jones say he's not going anywhere. Why? Ask anybody covering the NFL. And you know what they're going to say? That's his guy. Yeah. He loves Jason Garrett. Mm. It's like a son to him. Yeah. I asked the question again. Mm. You know any black folks in professional sports that have it like that? I don't know them. Oh, I, I, I get to be inept. I get to look unqualified. I get to, I get to be unproductive. But I got job security. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why black folks get upset? My question, my question to white America is why don't you get upset? That's my question because there's a whole bunch of white folks out there that don't have that. Why, why is this happening? There's a whole bunch of white assistants in the NFL that ain't getting shot uh-huh. because Jason Garrett is his boy. There's a whole bunch of white coordinators that ain't getting looks and ain't getting shots because Jason Garrett is his boy. I mean, this is unbelievable. I agree. So if it's bad for you as white folks, could you imagine how bad it is for black folks? But I sit up here and whether it's social media, emails, calls or whatever, I'm accused of race baiting because I'm pointing out facts. Facts. What did Jason Garrett do to get that job? He was a coordinator. He was a backup quarterback in the NFL. Nine career starts, six and three record. His claim to fame is, I'm Jerry Jones' boy. Why was the Rooney rule initially inserted? Because you had good old boys Mm -hmm. that kept others on the outside looking in. And what did the great multiple Super Bowl champion Bill Walsh once say? We don't have relationships with mm-hmm. them. Well, how many guys got a shot at having the kind of relationship Jason Garrett has with Jerry Jones? This is so egregious. The fact that Jason Garrett gets to keep his job apparently into perpetuity apparently. for America's team. Yeah. The multi-billion dollar conglomerate mm-hmm. that is that of the Dallas Cowboys, where all you're seeing doing is clapping, patting dudes <laughs> on the back, chest bumping them, but when Greg Hardy is losing it against right. the Giants, no. Jason Garrett left it to the players to confront him. You can't even confront your own no. damn player. Not this is to. unbelievable. It is. And I, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say any more because, see, when I go in, yeah. one of these days, y'all think I'm playing. I can, I can get worse, but I won't. I'm going to leave it alone. But this is ridiculous. I appreciate this every word you just spoke. All right. Wow. A little, yeah. So that was first take today. And I was fortunate I was able to find the clip and upload it in time for the show. And um, I'm glad you guys agreed to stay on because, you know, it, 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 you know, we have three brothers on the show and we have a white boy. And I say that with love, K-Star. We love you. But he, he made a comment about white America, too. Um, 
I'm going to first just address Stephen. We're going to do Stephen A. in a second. Let me just touch on Skip because that's easy. That's easier. That's the the non-volatile. That's that's easy. Um, Skip, for those of you who watch First Take, you know he's a self-proclaimed Dallas Cowboy, diehard Dallas Cowboy fan. Um, He is the reason they talk about the Cowboys on the show so much. He is the reason... Uh, him and Stephen A's banter back and forth about the Cowboys is why that show is highly rated and ESPN's number one daytime show. That is why, whether you guys, whether the world knows it or not, that's why Cowboys are always a topic on that show and their banter back and forth makes them, makes that show popular because the Cowboys are the team America loves and America loves to hate. Um, But a couple of his comments, I just want to just correct um, he said, no one is afraid of Jason Garrett. Um, Skip Bayless hasn't been in a Dallas Cowboy locker room in years. He was big covering the Cowboys back in the 90s, wrote a couple of books about him, alienated a lot of people down there, and pretty much is persona non grata down in, in, um, in the Cowboy land now. He doesn't go to the games. He doesn't go to the locker room. He's not welcomed. Um, he, he still claims to be a fan, but he, he exposed a lot of things that he wasn't supposed to expose about the teams from the 90s, and no one really wants to deal with him down there in Dallas. Um, that's why, you know, for a guy who had such deep ties, you never see him getting interviews with Jerry Jones or Garrett or anything. He's kind of off limits. That said, um, so realize he's making comments from a distance, not from actually going out there, being in the locker room or talking to players that are in the locker room. No one is afraid of Jason Garrett, which is, which is a complete untruth. Um, it has been reported by many players that the persona you see from Jason Garrett at press conference in the sidelines is not the persona in practice. It's not the persona in a locker room that he has. A, he's a very hard, very disciplined, um, borderline mean head coach. He just doesn't show that to the world. Um, Joseph Randall was released. Uh, Tyler Patman was released. Um, you know, he. So you, just to give you examples of players that were productive in the Cowboys scheme but made mistakes and were let go, and this was Jason Garrett's decision. Um, called him a puppet and, and a, uh, a plastic puppet of Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones publicly said that Jason Garrett gets to keep his job and that Jason Garrett's staff is up to Jason Garrett. That is his decision. It is his staff. Publicly, for a man who is called a tyrant and dominates this team and is the general manager, he said uh, the coordinators and his staff is up to him to decide what he wants to do. Now, Jason Garrett came back and said, we will, we will talk. I'll talk with Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones. And, you know, he said all the right things. But Jerry came out clearly and said, this is Jason Garrett's decision to make. Um, he said that they were good enough without Romo to be in the playoffs. Uh, if they were good enough without Romo to be in the playoffs, they would be in the playoffs. Did you watch the games? Did you see how horrible Brandon Whedon played? Did you see how horrible the defense played in the first half of the year before they got into a little groove? Did you see how horrible Matt Castle played? Did you realize that Des Bryant was hurt all year? Orlando Skandrick, our starting cornerback, um, the closest thing we have to a shutdown corner. He is not, but the closest thing we have, hurt in preseason. You know, there, there were reasons why this team lost games. And to blame Jason Garrett is is just it's it's borderline uh irresponsible. Could Garrett have done things differently? Absolutely. But every coach 
looking back on their games, can point out things that they could have done differently. Does Bill Belichick um, decide to kick the ball in overtime in that game a couple of weeks ago? Or does he look back on that and say, hmm, maybe I should have gave the ball to my Hall of Fame quarterback and try to get the win right away? Every coach makes decisions during games that they think is the best decision. Later on, look back and say, maybe I could have made a better decision. This is not the year for Jason Garrett to be fired based on performance. He didn't have his weapons. That's a fact. It's not an excuse. It's a fact. Uh, Jerry Jones, as general manager, did not supply a valid backup quarterback for that team. When you took Des Bryant out of that offense and then you gave away, uh, uh, didn't re-sign DeMarco Murray, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to be a different team, and they were going to have some challenges. And that's what happened this year, period. Let's see. They come back healthy. Let's see what happens next year. But to ignore last year, to ignore, um, you know, uh, 12 and four and one and one in the playoffs by this same guy, and then to dismiss it as uh, it was all Demarco Murray and handing it—it's it, just—it's not accurate. It's not accurate. Jason Garrett played on teams in the '90s that that had Emmett, that had Michael Irvin, and clearly this team is being designed to be a second version of that team, and that's what we saw last year. We saw the 90s Cowboys last year, a dominant offensive line, an adequate defense, maybe not as good as the 90s, but adequate, a a good solid quarterback, a great running back, and a great wide receiver. That's the formula that Jason Garrett was duplicating because that's what he knows. And anyone who doesn't see that, you're delusional. Enough about uh, Skip. Um, I want to really go to the main reason I wanted to have this conversation and and before I make my comments, I really am curious about Dr. Train on this one. Um, you heard him, Dr. Train, and you one of the more intelligent brothers I know. Do you think? And you you know you already know where I'm going with it, and you can disagree because that's what we do. Um, but do you think that Stephen A. Smith had a point when he said, and and I quote, um, Jason Garrett keeping his job quote, is everything black folks in America lament, end quote. You agree with that statement or not? So, I actually heard that whole thing live. Um, let me just say I don't completely disagree with, uh, with, with, with Stephen A. Uh, Skip, when it comes to the, to, to the Cowboys, is really, to me, uh, never objective. So I don't really listen to him when it comes to the Cowboys. Stephen A is uh, so much of a hater, so I just disregard the whole statement of Cowboys accident waiting to happen. Um, but I just don't completely disagree with him. Uh, the one thing that I thought about when they were talking was how... At one point, Jason Garrett had the play calling duties. Then that was, I'm going to use the words, taken away from him. Then they brought in someone else to do that. Then they brought in another person to be a strategist to the coordinator. And it's like a lot of people jumping on one piece of pie, you know, keeping it simple, head coach, 
DCOC. If you got a head coach that can call call plays, great. If you don't, you know, some of the simplest formulas, head seat, head head coach, offense coordinator, defense coordinator. So I kind of just thought about that situation in in the sense that they are doing it seems like it's doing quite a bit to keep pressure off of Jason Garrett so that the public view wouldn't be on him. Now, I disagree with Skip that I don't care who is the head coach of any team. When you start losing your horses, after a while you have you don't have any more horses. So while I don't take any credit away from Jason Garrett for them going uh and for the previous season, um there were games that they were really, 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 really close to winning. And might or not, they, they probably still wouldn't have came out because it's like, you know, you end up needing nine wins, you know, to get that division. Uh, and, and nine wins included some, some division wins. And they just got it with just nine wins. But, you know, not having your star players Every week you saw me. I picked against Dallas because they didn't have Tony Romo. I didn't care what they were doing. I just saw that they weren't a good team without Tony Romo. And against those close games, they would have won with him. But there are some of them where you look at that Dallas had a lead late and it got away. And you just like, what could the head coach or – does it really even fall on the head coach for the simple fact that they had got a strategist, offensive coordinator still sitting right underneath him? Who does it fall on to, to pull those those close ones out, even though you don't have your horse? So I, I don't completely agree or completely disagree, um, but I do think that there's some validity that he do have some protection, being that he's in good with Jerry Jones. He is. And it's Jerry Jones' team. He likes who he has as head coach. So until he gets ready to fire him, the Rooney Rooney real the Rooney rule doesn't really apply because he has not let go of his head coach. He likes who he has. So you can't really argue against that. Now, had it been anyone else, would it be different? The way I see it is, Jerry Jones kind of know. You know, after his experience with Jimmy Johnson, he kind of knows how to put the person in place that he wants. You know, so considering that Garrett did have, um, you know, a position with the Cowboys prior to becoming head coach, that relationship builds, you know, from that and even before that. So he knows how to keep the person in place that he wants. And that's just that's just kind of my take on it. Okay. Um, JB, I'm gonna go to you next. Do you agree with Train? Do you disagree with Train? No, I, I, I I'm in the same ballpark as Train. There's there's some things that I heard that I can I can kind of nod in my head yes to. I can see it. There's there's a lot of other things. However, I, I disagree with. I think with with going back to Stephen A's comments, is there some validity to it? Maybe some. I mean, I think about Hugh Jackson. He had that one year in Oakland, and he got fired. 
I thought that was a bit unceremoniously let go. I think he could have deserved another shot at it. I think with with Jason Garrett's uh, performance this year as a coach, was it an A grade? No, it wasn't an A grade, but to train's comment, when you lose your star quarterback, your star receiver, and you've got folks hurt on uh, the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned yourself, Orlando Scandrick, best thing they've got that resembles a shutdown corner gone the whole year. You don't have any players. You, this is what's going to happen in the NFL. I mean, it's just this is what's going to happen. Um, so try to see where Stephen A. is coming from, but the one thing that's missing is this. All the draft choices, all the free agencies that they made in 2011, 2012, 2013, leading up to this 12-4 record, were designed to get to that point. And, T, I agree with you, and we talked about this before. Trying to create that blueprint of success goes back to what you did in the 90s, and that's what they did. We laughed before. How are you going to draft all these offensive linemen? Well, now we see why and understand. I disagree with the whole run DeMarco Murray into the ground. He's a running back. That's what he's designed to do, run. I, mean, I, I don't understand how you cannot utilize someone of his talent that fits the scheme that you're looking for. So I don't. I completely disagree with that comment. I think it's the fact that you've got both sides of the ball finally working together, whereas when they went 8-8 eight and eight all those years, it was the offense trying to carry the defense. Well, now guess what? 12-4, and four, you look at both sides of the ball, equaled out a lot. Offense was able to have time of possession, which took less for some of the pressure off the defense. That's what you want. You couldn't get that this year because you didn't have all your pieces in play. So I consider this one of those throwaway years. Try to learn from your mistakes, hopefully stay healthy, try it again next year. That's my take on it. And, and, and with, with, with Skip Bayless, that's just, to me that's just blowing smoke. I think he's just looking for an excuse. Coaches coach, players play. Players that make enough plays on the field to win those ball games. Unfortunately, like I said, you don't have all your players, but whoever's out there has got to make plays, and if they don't make plays, you're not going to win games. So I don't really know what else to add to it. Okay. Okay, so last week when we talked about Chip Kelly, you even made a reference <laughs> to Jason Garrett, uh, kind of a passing, you know, if Chip Kelly's getting fired, why is Jason Garrett still employed with the year that he had? Um, and certainly Stephen A. calling out, you know, white America in his comments certainly must uh, in some way or respect agree with you. Um, uh, you know, so what are your thoughts on Stephen A.'s comments? Uh, wow. Um, I really couldn't believe what I was hearing because it just, I don't know, it seemed unsolicited. Like, it just, I don't know if this was necessarily the right example for him to go off on because you're right they had all those injuries like that it didn't make any sense and you know when i when i brought jason garrett it was just an example like so with with that point with with jason garrett like yeah he had a bad season he didn't get fired um but there's reasons as to why and the just like i said reasons as to why kelly did get fired and he's 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 white i mean there's just so many Earlier we talked about Marvin Lewis. He's the one playoff game. He's been there for like 11 years. So what's his take there? Like, I just don't understand how. And, uh, I mean, you know, obviously I'm, I'm just a white guy. I don't really, I, you know, I, I can't really fully understand the full scope of it. But 
I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't, I guess I just don't understand or I don't get what he's seen. Not that I could pretend that I can, but I don't understand that example being the, like the stakeholder or the, the, the banner which he should be waving as the reason. I mean, again, there's just so many other examples in the NFL. You know, that, that guy, Tom Zola from the Niners just got fired. You know, he had one season. He's some white dude. You know, I mean, it happens. There's a lot of turnover in, in the NFL, the whole head coaching position. But at the end of the day, the ones who are making those choices are the owners. And I think more so than anything else, those owners, the only thing they look at is the color green, which is for money. And, you know, who as a head coach is going to generate the most wins, which typically, you know, has a good correlation with uh, – you know, making that franchise money and making them relevant, putting them on TV and so on and so forth. So I don't see why in this day and age they wouldn't have someone in which they feel the best coach necessary because guess what? They want to make money for the franchise and they want it to be successful. So, I mean, that's just me, but uh, I don't understand the Jason Garrett being the flagpole example for what Stephen is trying to um, use for it, his example. Okay. Um, where do I begin? Um, my first problem is Stephen A. speaking for black America. He should speak for himself. He's not black America. He's in no position to represent black America. He's a sports writer, period. Um, clearly, he's doing the sports version of Donald Trump, sensationalism to get attention. Um, he knows what he's doing. He's a very smart man. He knows exactly what he's doing. Had a show on ESPN called Frankly Speaking for a while because he's got a reputation of calling it like it is, and that's what has made him quite a bit of money over the years, and he is doing whatever he can to keep that reputation alive. And when he starts off by saying, I'm going to say something that's going to make people uncomfortable, I'm like, here we go. My problem with Stephen A. is he finds a way to bring race into everything, and I'm as sensitive to race. I'm a black man. You know what I mean? I'm a black man that works in a in a in a bank, okay? You know, I'm I'm uh middle to senior level in there somewhere, I don't know exactly, but I'm up there uh in in a bank with nothing but white people. It's what I do, okay? I I I deal with bankers all the time. Most of them are Republicans. I'm a Democrat. I I I I spent a lot of time working in Fairfield County, one of the richest counties in the country. I I understand what I'm up against as a black man. I deal with it every day, but everything ain't about race. Some things are, some things aren't. This here to me has zero to do with race. And I understand that there's a Rooney rule and there's a valid reason for there to be a Rooney rule as black uh, assistant coaches were blackballed out of head coaching jobs for many years. I get that. I'm glad there was a Rooney rule put in place by uh, your your very own Pittsburgh Steelers um, or, or campaign for, I should say. So I'm happy about that. I agree with it. Um, but to use this as an example is ridiculous to me. For some reason, I, 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 see, I see zero relevance in Jason Garrett keeping his job to saying that black people question this. First and foremost is you made a statement that Jason Garrett gets to keep his job in perpetuity. How do you know that? How do you know that? He said we are making no changes at this time. That means Jason Garrett is under contract and he gets to stay this year. Do you know how much it would have cost the Cowboys if they released Jason Garrett? $24 million. That's how much it would have cost. $24 million. So you sit there as a businessman, and mind you, the Dallas Cowboys are the number one valued 
franchise in the world, in the sports world. It's not Real Madrid. It's not the Yankees. It is, it's not the Patriots. It is the Dallas Cowboys, and it's by a billion dollars. It's a sizable margin. Do you not think Jerry Jones knows what the heck he's doing up there? Running his business? Do you really think he's going to hold on to Jason Garrett because he's his boy if the franchise is starting to tank and not making any money, a.k.a. Wade Phillips, who was his boy, who he loved, fellow Texan. Well, uh, Jerry's from Arkansas, but father, fellow Southerner, fired. Dave Campo, three years head coach, fired. Chan Gailey, who Jerry later on admitted was a mistake, fired as head coach. Okay? J- Jimmy Johnson. Now, he didn't fire Jimmy, but he had no problem with letting Jimmy go when Jimmy and him couldn't come to terms. Okay, this guy won you two Super Bowls. So you truly think that Jason Garrett has got some stake or some claim over Jerry Jones? You must be – you're smoking something if you think that. Yes, we know as Cowboy supporters that Jerry Jones wants a long-term head coach. He has been clear to say that. He wants a Tom Landry-level coach. Will he ever get it? I don't know. But he wants continuity. He's not the Cleveland Browns. Let's have six coaches in eight years. No, he wants one coach that's going to take this team back to the promised land. And when Wade Phillips lost the team, and let's be clear, in 2010, Wade Phillips lost this team. They started off 1-7. and seven. He had no choice. 1-7, and seven, healthy now, fired. Had no choice. Jason Garrett takes the same team and finishes off 5-3. and three. Jason, Garrett, Jason Garrett was a hell of a coordinator and was recruited by Baltimore and Atlanta to be their head coaches. So for you to say that he didn't deserve to be a head coach, he's not a head coach, he could have taken a job at Baltimore or Atlanta and been their head coach. But Jerry Jones paid him head coach money to stay in Dallas. Because he wanted him as the heir apparent. Wade Phillips is 975 years old. So he knew he wasn't going to be there forever. Jason Garrett's still in his 40s. So, hey, I'm giving you this money. I want you to hang around. I'm going to pay you $3 million a year, the same as what your head coach is getting, because I think you're worth it. I don't want you to go. He had no choice. If he didn't do that, his guy, the one he anointed, the one that he wanted to be the successor, who's been a part of the Cowboy franchise for 20 years, for the most part, spent a little time in New York, a little time in Miami, but for the most part, has been a part of the franchise. His brother coached there. His father coached there. This is the guy he wanted. Rooney rule aside, this is sports. This is what happens. This is the guy I want. I'm going to keep you on my staff to make it easier for us to put you in that head coaching position. What's wrong with that? He proved himself. He was offensive coordinator back in 07 when the Cowboys went 13-3 and with T.O. and Tony Romo. That was, that was Jason Garrett's offense that did that. Tony Romo setting all these, all these um, records that Troy Aikman, Roger Staubach, none of these guys did. That was Jason Garrett's offense, and he was the offensive coordinator. So to say any other offensive coordinator that, that has a quarterback that sets franchise records, he's getting courted, and so is Jason Garrett. So, so Jerry Jones did what he had to do. Secondly, um, Train mentioned that the, 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 the play calling and all of that. Let me just clarify all of that. Um, Jason Garrett did the right thing in relinquishing the play calling because the play calling was getting in the way of him managing the game. You know, the Cowboys are in a unique position. At the time, they had three former head coaches on staff, Bill Callahan, Scott Linehan, and Rod Marinelli. 
And Jason was still trying to control everything and realized, why am I doing that? I need, I have head coach level assistants here that have been in my shoes that have more experience at head coaching than I do, and I'm trying to run everything. That's not smart football. I need to step back and manage the game and let my defense coordinator do his job. I'm going to let my offense coordinator call the plays. And, oh, yeah, Bill Callahan, who's offensive line coach and assistant head coach, yeah, I want you to work with Linehan on the play calling. I want you guys to be doing this in, in, in tandem. That's the, the guy that was brought in, although he wasn't brought in, he was already on staff, to help with the play calling because he had the talent, because he had the knowledge. And so Jason Garrett, and this was Jason Garrett's decision. This wasn't Jerry Jones. This wasn't Stephen Jones. This is Jason Garrett saying, and what happened? Oh, they went 12-4 and four when they made that change. Went to the playoffs. Won a playoff game. And, and in my opinion, should have won too. Had a certain call not going against them. But this was Jason Garrett's call. He orchestrated all that. He made all that happen. So... This year, we know what happened this year. We don't need to revisit it. We don't need to beat it up again. We know what happened this year. There is a legitimate, valid reason that the team did not do well. Could they have pulled out one or two more victories without Romo? I don't know because I didn't see this team quit all season. They played their butts off every game. The last game of the season with a skeleton crew, they were down 24 nothing and still fought back to make it somewhat respectable. They still lost. And, yes, it, would have, it may have been against Washington Scrubs, but they kept fighting. This team didn't give up on Jason Garrett all year. And you have the nerve, the audacity to quote you, Stephen A. Smith, the unmitigated gall to sit here and say, this is what black folks lament. I don't lament a man who has worked as hard as Jason Garrett, who has been in a position to help this team for four out of the five years, be in position to win the division. And even this year, with two games left to go, still had a chance to win the division. And you're sitting there saying, black folks lament the fact that he's Jerry Jones' boy and he's keeping his job. No, you lament that fact. I don't lament it. Now, if they come back healthy next year and have a similar season like this, I will be the loudest one saying, you got to go. You got to go. If they bring in a competent backup, that, that demonstrates that he can win a couple of games and Romo is out and they still don't get it done, I'll be the first one saying that. But to say that after this year, when we all know what happened, it's not an excuse. You still play to win, okay? But the reality is, look at any of these teams in the playoff. Pick one. Pick any team in the playoff. Take away their starting quarterback and their star receiver. Pick any team. Washington. How are they without Cousins and that tight end Jordan Reed? Green Bay, we already see how they are without Jordy Nelson. Take Aaron Rodgers out of there. What happens? Minnesota. Take Teddy Bridgewater out of there. And, oh, I don't know, Adrian Peterson? Because we didn't have DeMarco Murray. Wasn't, wasn't Garrett's fault. That's Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones who failed to re-sign him. Okay? You know, Seattle. Take Russell Wilson out of there. And what? Uh, I don't even know who they got back there, the wide receiver. Um, Nate, what's his name, right? Take him out of there. You know, we can go on and on. Carolina, just take Cam out of there. You ain't got to talk about nobody else. Just take Cam out of there. Pittsburgh, you know, yeah, y'all managed to get a game or two, but come on now. You take Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown out of that team, y'all ain't going nowhere. 
Any team. We can go on and on. Any team. What happened with Denver and Brock? Right? Peyton Manning had to come in off the bench and save their, their chances for a home field advantage. Any team, you can take their top receiver or their top offensive player, however you want to word it, because Des Bryant, Des Bryant is a top receiver, top offensive player, and their star quarterback or their starting quarterback. Take them out, and it's a different team. That's the facts. But for, for Stephen A., to ignore all of that and to talk about all Jason Garrett does is clap and listen. He's on the sidelines coaching a football game. That ain't the time to get in anybody's ass. That's the time. You're managing the game. He does it. Trust me. I know. I follow this team closely. He does it behind closed doors. And his little ginger hair and his red face, I've heard stories about him where he closes his door and you can hear him down the hallway ripping in the players for things that they didn't do, mistakes that they made that he talked to them about. And he doesn't motivate players. Well, Terrence Williams had eight catches for 173 yards on Sunday in a meaningless game. And when he was interviewed, you know what he said? Yeah, Jason Garrett and I had a talk Saturday night, and he talked to me about going out there and getting it and making it happen. And, you know, how do you want to, how do you want to be remembered this season? You want to go off into the sunset, or do you want to have a game for history to end off the season? You choose. And he said those words resonated with me. And he showed up and had the best game of his career. Meaningless game against backups. I get all that. But he came to play because his coach fired him up. So before Stephen A. or Skip Bayless want to sit there and talk, and I'm using the Cowboys because I know them the best. So I'm sure there are comments about other teams that they make that I can't refute because I don't know those teams like I know the Cowboys. But all you sheep following fans that just sit there and and everything they say you think is gospel i'm here to tell you it ain't a lot of what they say is hype it's for ratings and they don't know what they're talking about don't believe everything you hear on espn on first take and oh and by the way i can assure you that someone from espn is listening to this show right now because too many times we talk about things on Tuesday night, and all of a sudden, mysteriously, on Wednesday, on First Take, or on SportsCenter, it's all of a sudden something that everybody's talking about. We had a long conversation one night about Ben being a top four quarterback. The next day, there's a, a report on ESPN.com about Ben being an elite quarterback, and it's time to in, put him into the top tier quarterback. The very next day. You're going to tell me that that's a coincidence? And it's too many times that that's happened. They're listening. Trust me. They know what's going on with the Madden voice. And I'm here to tell you that I'm not no sheep, and I don't want any of the Madden voice listeners to be a sheep. You do your own research. You make up your own minds. If you truly believe what Stephen A. is saying, fine. I don't. I've explained to you why. I don't think he knows what he's talking about. And you know what? If, if that's how he feels, that's fine. Stop saying you're speaking for black America because you're not. You're not Jesse Jackson. Not that he can either. But, you know, get off your civil rights box. State your opinion as a black man because you are that and you have a right to have that opinion based on your life experience and what you've seen and how you feel. You have every right. If you had said that, this is my opinion based on my life experience, we wouldn't be, I wouldn't even have bothered with the clip. But when you quote that this is what black folks in America lament, who is you to tell me, Dr. Train, JB, and anybody else who's considered to be a part of black America what we lament? We'll tell you what we lament, but will you report it accurately or will you twist it like you normally do?
I'm so disgusted right now. All right. I'm done. I done said my piece. I appreciate y'all indulging me. These guys and these, these sports sports reporters, they make me sick, you know, because we all have we are all diehard fans. We do this show for the fans. We want to show the fans how to be better fans. I think to some degree we have helped some people understand a better way to support their team. But the, but when you're going up against the, the 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 mega machine like ESPN and the misinformation that spews out of their mouth. I feel like we're fighting an uphill battle, but we still gonna fight it because we can. All right, Doctor Train, final words from you. Whew. Well, uh, don't have much. Looking forward to some. Um, really, just looking forward to some exciting playoff games, man. You know. I wait till uh, we do our last show to to talk about the Bears because you know Adam Gase is possibly leaving, which which is it's okay. Uh, if anything, the dude deserves it. He was up for head coaching before he came to Chicago, so it wouldn't be surprised if he's gone. But uh, playoff time, so let's see what these teams are made of. Okay, thank you, Doctor Train. K Star, any final words? Oh yeah, go Steelers. Uh. Cincy, we're coming for you. Want to eat your heart out, your children's heart, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, and also, T, I thought that was really well said. Um, something like that comes a lot more. Uh, it's it's more credible coming from from you than it is me because I mean, again, it's a white dude. Whatever. I mean, I just it's not really quite the same, and and it's cool to hear your take on it. Cause, I mean, what I heard what Stephen A. said, I was just like, all right. I mean, clearly, I just uh, something's going on. Either Stephen A is tripping completely, or I'm, I'm just like blind, and I just don't see what it is for what it is. But it just made no sense to me. So I'm glad that there's some sanity here, uh, and that you provided that. So thank you. You got it, my brother JB, my brother from the same mother. Any final words? Mm-hmm. Uh, great commentary on that clip with uh, first page. Uh, I, I don't think. It could be said any better, so I'm glad that you phrased it the way that you phrased it. Uh, as for this weekend, looking forward to the games. Uh, as you all know, this is when the season really begins, and uh, I'll be curious to see how all of our picks pan out. So, uh, good luck to you, Steelers, since your your team is the one team out of our team that's made it. So, uh, good luck to you and to the fans out there. Uh, Continue to listen. We're the ones that bring the real information and appreciate everybody that does listen and call in. All right. Beautiful. Well, I've said enough um, with my last little soliloquy and rant. Um, I will say good luck to K-Star, just out of professional respect, um, although I did not pick your team to win. Um it's it's not because I don't think they're talented. I just think it's Cincinnati's time. But um, <laughs> um, your game is on Saturday night, so and I'm supposed to be going out, you know, get my little groove on Saturday night. So um, I, I don't know how much of it I'm gonna be. I'm gonna record it here anyway, and then we'll, we'll see. But um, um, nevertheless, good luck to your Steelers. I am also very eager to see how how our picks play out. Um, you know, since we made picks all the way through the playoffs, I'm curious to see how our first round picks. Um, and I'm just curious, is there going to be, you know, what I'm looking at the games and I'm wondering what would be a major upset because I don't really see anything. I mean, even though we all made our picks, 
you know, I guess probably maybe Minnesota might be the biggest upset of the weekend. Green Bay, I mean, that wouldn't really be an upset. Um, Kansas City and Houston, I mean, Houston winning, maybe that might be considered a, a little upset. And then Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, you know, that, those are division rivals, so you can't really count either way. So I'm, I'm waiting. You know, every every playoff run, there's always something unexpected. There's always a game that goes a different direction, and a team that you expect to do something gets knocked out. I'm just wondering, uh, who's that going to be? Is it going to be one of the top seeds, um, one of the top two seeds that get knocked out in the divisional round? Or um, could Seattle go down? Maybe that would be an upset, Minnesota beating Seattle. I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm curious. I'm anxious. And, you know, as much as I wanted the Cowboys in the playoffs, um, I, I, you know, with the way the season unfolded, I'm not really disappointed because they just were behind the eight ball all season anyway. It's not like the previous four years. Last year they won the division. The previous three years they were eight and eight and seven going into the last game of the year with the division on the line and lost all three of those games for three years in a row. So it was very painful to go into the playoffs knowing you could have went into the playoffs. Um, this year is not the same. It's like, well, you know, we kind of sucked all year and really didn't win many games. And, you know, I had optimism and hope, but, you know, it just wasn't our year. So I'm really going to enjoy the playoffs this year because I ain't got to worry about the Cowboys. I'm really going to sit back. I got no horse in this race. Dr. Train's got no horse in this race. JB's got, although Dr. Train probably his only horse is I want to see the Packers win. But other than that, uh, no horse, or, or the Vikings, but no horse in this race. Um, I'm going to really enjoy the playoffs. So, um, I want everybody to enjoy the playoffs. I want everybody to enjoy football. I want to thank my co-hosts for all the, you know, positive contributions they give to the show. And uh, I really appreciate you guys staying on that extra half an hour or so. Um, I know we went over. I usually try to keep the show to two hours. I know we went over. I hope it was worth it. Uh, I just felt the need to respond to that, that stuff. So thank you all. Thank you to my co-hosts. Thank you to the supporters. Um, Naj, I did see you online, but you didn't hit one to to speak um you're not there now but if you're listening to the archive or somewhere you didn't hear one to speak so i didn't bring you on but i did see you listening for a little while appreciate the support so for dr train for k star for jb enjoy football this weekend we'll see you next week uh and remember all feuds settled on the field good night